Spider-Man History 101. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me, uh, fresh-faced, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed from Innsmouth is my official uh, fishman himself, my partner in crime, Mr. Jam Elias. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred. I de- it definitely smells very fishy around here at the moment. Oh, my God. I'm told Innsmouth is just... Uh, just impossible to deal with. I don't know. <laughs> Guess I'll find out on my own someday. But uh, but yes, 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 yes. Um, personal side note: Innsmouth is nowhere near as uh, difficult as I don't know. Let's say different islands near Innsmouth. <laughs> but anyway, uh, how's it going, man? I'm doing good, Fred. I, I just uh, I was in London today um, celebrating my partner's birthday, and uh, I was down to the wire myself. Oh, well, happy I know birthday. you were yourself. Yeah, um, but I had a bit of an incident coming on the way back where I was almost thinking because there's some delays because you know people like to run across train tracks as they do in England, so that delayed our exit journey to get back <laughs> back here. Oh my tonight. god, but, really? But fortunately, we got we got here, so it was okay. So we we got back in time. But um, that, I'm not the only person that was <laughs> going down to the no. wire when it comes to science. No, I had to I had to finish the video game we're talking about, uh, which I did. If you check Twitter, about seven minutes before going live here. So, <laughs> hua. <laughs> that's, br- that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So what's Great going Twitter on? Twitter follow ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I was telling Jam, I said, I got 18 messages from various sources right before this. So, uh, I'm not going to be able to check or respond to those. So sorry, (laughs) not right now. I will afterwards. But, uh, the reason we're doing that is because tonight's game club is Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth, an oldie, but a goodie one that people have been putting us up to for a while now. And I'm very pleased to, uh, to say we've done it. We're going to do it. This is it. Mm. So... But uh, I believe it's yeah. played this game actually. <laughs> this has been something I've been meaning to play through for a while. Uh, me too. And I'm going to say just right off the cuff, um, you yep. know, we had talked about this. Uh, Watch out for Fireballs had done this first. They <laughs> they hit kind of the goodies or the big like cult ones right out of the gate on that stuff because, in my opinion, they're a little more tolerant of these types of games than I am. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. They love oh. point and click adventures. I'm like, fuck that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but eventually, I wanted this to play is, it. What? I was about to say this isn't very point and click, though. I'd say. But. Oh, it's not completely without its point and click adventure aspects. Uh. We'll say that. I will say for the record, I did like the game, especially the story. Um, mm. 
But uh, but yeah, so so we decided to tackle it, and uh, it it tackled me at least. Uh, took took a good long time. That that eleven like twelve hours girl. is yeah. That eleven twelve hours is not uh, not really appropriate. Uh, my completion time jam was about nine hours forty eight minutes. So. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about this. We think that's just your saves where you actually progress combined. So I probably put more than 15 so. hours into this game easy. So, mm. but, uh, yeah, I so think we I will, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but it's, it's, it's a great game. It's worth talking about. Um, but what I want to say right off the cuff is, um, you can hear us talk about it. And of course, spoilers for this, we will be doing this one in order of levels. Um, but <clears throat> I don't think we're going to do it justice. Some of the stuff in this game you just have to see or play. Um, mm. And and that's why I, I think I can say right off the bat, Jam, we might not be talking too much about the largest moments of this game, which is pretty much everything from the refinery on, uh, when the game kind of becomes more of an action first-person shooter, um, mm. but definitely not in the veins of Doom. Like it's its own thing. Oh no, no! It's a very yeah. realistic shooter, shall I say? Um, it's funny it's how more... some, yeah, some reviewers. Because I've had an old Xbox uh, magazine review for this game, which I picked. I don't know how I managed to get hold of this, but I picked up from like a. It's in like a lot of like some strategy guys I picked up from like a car boot sale a while ago, and they described it as a realistic per se. <laughs> first person shooter which i think is great like it looks it. the part right you see screenshots of yeah. it and you're like okay return to castle wolfenstein okay no there's no hud there's no there's no, no hud resolve. your character moves at a fraction of the speed of the average first person shooter um mm. and there are a lot of times where the game likes to go oh you've got a gun oh no you don't uh you lose all your guns every level <laughs> oh yeah uh, <laughs> that's quite regular <laughs> yeah it, it does stuff like that so um but uh even sometimes during a level you lose your weapons <laughs> true true yeah like out of nowhere someone just chloroforms you and you wake up in a cell but anyway <laughs> uh clue drew says i would say the best games can't be summed up in speech so well uh that's true but we're gonna do the best we can um because i would also say um I bet this game, I've been told this by a couple of people, is pretty fucking boring to watch played on YouTube. Um, maybe if you can find a highlight reel or something, but uh, I didn't really look too hard. Um, it was actually harder than I thought to find the real ending, the 100% ending, uh, which I wasn't able oh, to yeah. find. Um, I completed it with 93%. I know you posted a screenshot. I forgot what yours was. 96 Okay, and I got a D as well, yeah. so whatever that means. <laughs> did you get nut job as well? Yeah, right. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not get nut job. Um, I forgot what I got. I, got I have to go back and look. Um, Mental status. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, apparently I was a clean drug user, though. <laughs> oh, I was definitely a heavy drug user, um, but, uh, you know, I... Um, <clears throat> So yeah, so we'll we will talk about this, but this game is just gonna this is gonna give you a good enough feel for it. Uh, but I would say this game is going to be somewhat obtuse outside of a podcast. It's obtuse outside of a podcast because you're not really gonna experience it, and you're not really going to be able to visualize it so well. And it's gonna be, but that's kind of like a Lovecraft story anyway, right? Like, yeah. you know, Cthulhu oh. is not well defined, and and this isn't even based off of Call of Cthulhu for the record. But nice. um, exactly. Yeah, it's part of the mythos. I'm learning a little bit about Lovecraft. I've only read The Call of Cthulhu, and I reread it today and realized it, it has nothing to do with this. Um, <laughs> this actually takes place, uh, I would say, just parallel to and after the events of Call of Cthulhu. Um, but in addition, like 
playing the game is definitely going to be obtuse. The most stable version of the game, I would say, is on the Xbox, which is what Jam and I played. But it mm-hmm. does have plenty of flaws and bugs built into it. Um, the PC version has been modded to shit, which makes it a little more playable. But people have said they get as far as mild spoiler alerts. I have heard people get as far as Hydra and the creature before oh, yeah. Hydra and then had the game like impassable. So, wow, mm. that would break my heart. Um, so the PC version is controversial, we shall say. But they've been kind enough. Uh, Bethesda and 2K have been kind enough to that permanent price is five bucks. So. <laughs> it yeah. can be worth, you know, what you're not going to pay in money, you're going to make up for in trying to mod and get this thing in a very playable form. Um, but yeah, and then watching YouTube videos, like I said, especially the back half of the game, it's got to be boring as fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, to watch. Yeah, you're about to say, yeah, you said that. I mean, it's, I can see that being a difficult one to watch, but... Uh, although saying that, uh, my partner watched me play through the back half, and she she did find those voices, Fred. The voice acting fantastic. She adored. She loved it. Yeah, the, oh, especially okay. when they get all fishy. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, especially uh, what's his face, um, Robert Marsh. Oh my God, he's got the best voice. He's 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 like uh, who's the who's the the old ass bouncer in Roadhouse? It's like the the fish version of him. Um, but, uh, but yes, it gives zero of access reminds me a little bit of Clive Barker's undying another game. I was told I should check out, but yes, yes, I can, I can understand that. Um, but anyway, we're going to do the best we can. We are not going to walk through. Well, I don't know, Jam, you tell me, but I think we're going to have a little more to say about your initial impressions of Insmith and those like kind of faster levels and then things Mm. get a little bit more like shoot things you come up with and find the right path in these dauntingly large environments but there's not much to say you know what I mean Mm. um yeah I'd agree absolutely absolutely but I I think there's there's certain sort of which we'll we'll get to actually as we go from chapter to chapter there is scenes in this game that are really, really interesting from a design perspective. Um, Very much th- so. This game, in, this game in itself is quite, um, I find it, I, I actually quite, I really, really thoroughly enjoy kind of reading around the background of it. Although there isn't a lot, we, not, there's not as much history as, you know, some people might think of from what we've talked about of other games, but there is a little bit um, to talk about sort of on the development side. Um, would you try going to that now? Because that's which we, which we well. Let's let's do our what we yeah. will, but let's do the. I'll do the real quick profile, and then we can get into development yeah. with you. Um, because I told Jam, he found out a bunch of stuff about it, and I said, you know, I don't want to delve too deep into it. I wanted him to, yeah. since he found out about it, he said it was very fascinating. I'd like to discover it like the rest of us, um, and then we'll get into the game proper. Uh, and then at the very end of this show, we are going to announce the three games up for uh, up for the next <laughs> game club. So, and you will be voting on those guys. This is community pick. Uh, but anyway. So let's jump into it. It's called Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth. That's important to note because Call of Cthulhu describes more than one game that exists. It does. Uh, yeah. Many. <laughs> and this is not based off of the official Call of Cthulhu and whatnot. Plus, we'll talk about this a little bit, but I think a lot of the de- design decisions, especially on the back calf, have to do with the fact that um, the company who developed it, uh, developer was uh, Headfirst Productions, and this is really right. their only game outside of one Europe-only game. Uh, Simon the Sorcerer 3D. Are you familiar 3D. with this, Jam? I kind it's, of am, but they're... Yeah. It's a Great Britain-only an- uh, point-and-click adventure <laughs> series, apparently. 
Yeah, that's right. The best way to describe it is it's kind of like um, King's Quest, but not. I, I don't know. It's not as well known, really. There is um, okay. the this. Will, I'll go into this a bit briefly um, when we get to when I when I talk about the development side of it. But they were involved. There was uh, some of the sorcerer kind of two um, D point and click adventure series from a different company owned by one of the developers who was part of Head First as well. But I'll, I'll get Aha, to that a little bit okay. later. It's not much to okay. say, but they're, they're, that's their anything. But but yeah, Head First really didn't do much. <laughs> unfortunately, they they intended to. They intended to do much more than they. <laughs> Um, yes, exactly. Um, ooh, and uh, yeah, Voss, we'll have to talk afterwards. I, I've been meaning to write you an email. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, the other thing is, and we'll, again, we'll kind of get into this, but they did take, um, they, the, the developers wanted to include stuff from the pen and paper RPG, which they do. Um, yeah. And it, it has very interesting effect on the game it's it's also why the game can somewhat feel like two different campaigns although i would say uh the merging of all parts of this game i'd say this game is almost like three parts and it still feels like the same game in every level it doesn't change that drastically it's just game so, yeah. Up. Yeah. so uh real quick released october 24th 2005 in the u.s on the xbox october 28th 2005 in the uk and europe on the xbox so right before christmas or right before christmas right before thanksgiving <laughs> jesus right before Sorry. halloween so you could play it on halloween and if you were insane you could play it in one sitting um it released March 24th, 2006 in the UK first on PC, then April 26, 2006 uh, on PC in the US, and it's been on Steam since uh, April 2009. So there you have it. <laughs> uh, developed by Head First Productions, as we said, uh, published by Bethesda. It should be noted Head First had the idea of a trilogy. You might get into that jam, yep. but this is the only release they really did. First of all, that was worldwide. And second of all, that was call of Cthulhu based or, or in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was really their only game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Distributed by, uh, sorry, it was published by Bethesda, but distributed by 2K in the U.S. and Ubisoft in the U.K. So you see a different logo depending on what country you're playing it in. Um, mm -hmm. Japan didn't give a fuck about this game. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, The Xbox in 2005 was dead. Was the in Japan, even in more Japan. so, yeah, than it ever was. But anyway, the concept is the video game adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's novella, The Shadow Over Innsmouth which is part of the Cthulhu myth mythos. Uh, the book entails a young student traveling New England and ending up in the town of Innsmouth, where he observes strange occurrences and eventually undersea creatures or beings. Uh, Dark Corners of the Earth instead follows Jack Walters, an unstable private detective sent to investigate Innsmouth, an odd town that has broken itself off from the United States. So they are kind of the village, if you've ever seen that. M. Night Shyamalan abortion. Um, oh, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Unfortunately. Yeah. So I've got a quick paragraph on the development uh, that I don't think will overlap much, Jim. Do you mind if I just throw mm -hmm. it out there and then yeah, you yeah, can kind of fill in the gaps? Uh, I, originally, I, I did go very bare bones uh, on purpose. Originally intended uh, in its 1999 reveal to be a PlayStation 2 slash PC game for 2001. The game was not mm, ready in yep. 2001 and reported as 70% complete and then publisher Fish Tank Interactive ditched the project after Joe Wood took over the company and disliked the title. 
Um, not the name, <laughs> the game as a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bethesda then picked up publishing rights, and the game was moved to an Xbox PC exclusive. I'm curious to hear that. I think Bethesda only published on the Xbox at the time. They, uh, because I the believe ori- they did. Yeah, the original Xbox is very much a PC console (laughs) like yeah it's a pc console hybrid with dreamcast anyway um the game finally released after based on xbox yeah just put that perspective game of the year edition (laughs) well and the original the original morrowind was oh yeah it was yeah it was re-released as game of the year edition later um yeah like i said if you Games like Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth are those games where if you don't want to fuck with the PC version and trying to get it to run, people just tell you to get the Xbox version, which is why the Xbox version is a little expensive. Um, yeah. The game finally released after several years of delays in 2005. It notably features campaign aspects from the RPG, including the refinery level is from the Escape from Innsmouth <laughs> expansion, and it shows, uh, and a subplot involving <laughs> Lovecraft's novella the shadow out of time which if you did not complete the final level chapter which is what is it the wind uh the air air filled tunnels tunnels, you won't even know the shadow of time connection it's kind of there in the background but you won't really have it pointed out to you until you get to the end of the game so so jam why don't you jump into the rest Yep, yeah, I mean, you've got, you kind of covered some of like the early start stuff there. Um, yeah, just some of this, some of the points I'll probably reiterate because I've got some notes of my own just in front. But as you said, yeah, it did start developing in 1999, and that the whole thing about PS2 was was it was originally that it was supposed to be exclusive there. Um, however, it, they didn't give up on the PS2 because this company, um, Head for Head First, also um, had free Call of Cthulhu games kind of in simultaneous production. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of the ahead of myself there. We'll get to that in just a second, really. Um, basically, to go to kind of go to the basis, this was a father and son um, production company, uh, Mike and Simon Woodruff, um, who set up the Head First Head First studios the simon particularly who's the father of the of the duo he um also was involved with a company called adventure soft who created simon the sorcerer they're not i don't think they're really a developer i think they're more of a just a company that kind of you know they they distributed games around the country they're, they're very they're, these both these companies were uk based really but that's really all adventure soft was well known for as they did there's six simon the sorcerer games there's loads of them but games like that were very popular for the pc back in the 90s you know having these kind of point click you know point click adventure games were very popular and simon the sorcerer was one of those games that was just popular around here i personally didn't play it but i'm sure there are some people that um, have some nostalgia for that series and yes and then they got a 3d version which was actually (laughs) developed by headfirst studios um which one of these few games obviously that they did actually finish um next to dark cons the earth um so yeah basically father and son duo they they were very passionate about about um, Call of Cthulhu, uh, they were both. Uh, they both said that they were fans of. I think the son, particularly Mike, was um, a big fan of the role-playing game. I didn't actually mention as well, but I myself have actually played the role-playing game as well. I don't know a lot about the the book side of things, though. I've I've had experience actually playing the game. So when you talked about that refinery thing, I think I actually did play through that campaign quite a few years ago. Because <laughs> so it does sound very familiar. It's, it's weird when you play through the game as well. You think, huh, this sounds awfully familiar. It's something I've done before in um in that sort of vein. Um, 
so they did they were very keen to kind of do this not only just to do dark corners of the earth but to actually do um several call of the cthulhu games and it's even rumored that not just the three that they were originally intending to do but they were going to want to do sort of even more from there oh fuck um, it's shenmue co- all over again no um he pretty much but very <laughs> ambitious they they really had like i think is is definitely an example of say a, a, a development company that had a lot of ideas but they they didn't really have anything to because it but this is back in the 90s still well back in 1999 and maybe 2000 as well the dates are very hazy because there's not a lot of information about this stuff but yeah that it's a lot of it was hearsay really yeah we don't know for sure and they'll probably just say this is what we'd like to do but they still hadn't even made dark corners of the earth by this (laughs) we have no idea how to pay for it but we're gonna do it (laughs) exactly um yeah Yeah, and that that whole paying thing is gonna be something that will be a problem for the company (laughs) quite quick (laughs) so um yeah so you've mentioned of course that bethesda uh, did were happy to publish uh, dark cons the earth but dark cons the earth of course ran into some problems quite quickly it was uh, it did take a long time to develop the they were doing we have to bear in mind we're going to get into it when we actually talk about the game itself but they were doing sort of ideas of this game that really hadn't been explored in games before specifically they were trying a different take on the stealth mechanic which is mm-hmm. something that people um there's one interview that I managed to find. Um, this is in a magazine, so again, it's not it's not really found on the internet. This is the magazine I told you about, the Xbox One, where they were apparently were inspired by Thief, the Dark Projects, so which was obviously a popular PC game as well, um, and the, with that sort of stealth system. Um, but they wanted to do their own take on it. As we know, Dark Horns of the Earth does its very own take on the stealth system. It kind of makes it so um but obviously these things when when developers want to do their own ideas with games it takes resources it takes time to perfect it uh, whereas say if you're just going to use the unreal engine a lot of it's kind of it, you can kind of recycle some resources basically which people have already done but um <laughs> but it, it, this, this game was quite complex they were doing things and then the other big one that was definitely mentioned is they were very keen to get the whole mentally unstable character in it which is very popular in a role-playing game i know that for certain because they do they do do a lot of that whole your character loses it basically and you can you know you're, you can go so crazy that you commit you can you can commit suicide in the game and stuff yes. like that and they do put that in this game although it's funny because they say that but when it actually happens in the game it doesn't feel like he i always just thought he just passed out it didn't feel like he really committed suicide i thought he just fainted uh, so, mine was pretty clear maybe that. i got a different ending than you <laughs> Oh, no, no, not the ending. I'm talking about during oh. the game. Like, during you know, the like game, yeah. You, yeah. But there's like, the moment, if you overwhelm your character, if you overwhelm Jack, and he, he basically does go a bit too crazy. Yeah, he loses it completely. But to me, from my perspective, it just felt like he passed out. Yeah, I know what you mean. The ending, of course, yeah, he does. But that's, that's different. <laughs> okay. but, but, um, anyway, yeah. But, spoilers. So, but what I'm, <laughs> spoilers, yeah. So um, rounding it all up, basically, this development was very complex. And that is the reason why this took, it was from 1999 all the way to 2005 on the Xbox. And have we mentioned that it came out a year later on the PC yet? I think you said that already. Yes. Yeah. Which obviously had some problems in itself, but we'll get to that. Really. <laughs> so, <laughs> nah. um, so why it's also important to stop for a second about Dark Horse of the Earth is that it was about, yeah, it was 2002 now we get to. Um, so this is three years into the development of Dark Horns of the Earth. Headfirst Studios decides to announce two additional games for yeah. Call of Cthulhu. So we have Call of Cthulhu Destiny's End and Call of Cthulhu Beyond the Mountains of Manus. Although 
Sorry, I've gone ahead of myself again. Destiny's End wasn't called Destiny's End by this time. It was called Tainted Legacy. It hadn't reached that title. Because this, Fred, was going to be the PS2 exclusive that they wanted, another PS2 exclusive to start with. And this was going to be a third-person survival horror action title. Um, the, there, There is actually screenshots of this game as well on the internet, which you can find as well. I've they are available. It. Yeah. And, um, I think there's only one that's easy to find. Uh, but there's again, one on magazine, YouTube, or YouTube, Wikipedia. And there is, um, there was footage of this game was shown off at E3 2005, um, when when the when the company was still trying to find a publisher to get someone to give them money for this game. But so and they had apparently supposedly this game was quite far into production as well. Um, so anyway, what this game was, it is, looks this is kind 80... of Resident Evil Four. If I were to, I, I was about to say it looks okay. very similar to that. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's set eighty years after the events of Dark Corners of the Earth. It's not it's some it's, it's, it's they're very hazy about is it if it's a direct sequel i think they just say it's more it's just a continuation of the mythos really um but the main feature of this game is it has co-op in it and again co-op for this sort of era is quite a big deal um one of your characters would be jacob who was a gun toting this reminds me a bit of resident evil revelations 2 which we had recently where one character is responsible for the firearms and then you have a support character who is emily in the game who is responsible for magic so and you basically work together and, and for a ps2 game to have co-op like this that's yeah. very ambitious oh, <laughs> this yeah. is a very ambitious well, yeah, because when Capcom did it in Resident Evil Zero, they wanted like mad props for it. Like people always yeah. praised it for that. So yeah, no, that's a big deal. And this wasn't a third-person shooter in a sense. As you mentioned, Resident Evil Four, this was going to be like an over-the-cam, over-the-shoulder sort of shooter. It wasn't going to be a sort of fixed camera. It was a full 3D environment. At least from the from the screenshots I've seen. Oh yeah, well, four um, four is too. Four is yeah, over the shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, the going back to Emily, the magic character, she was originally designed as a girl called Madeline, who was going to be the granddaughter of the character of Dark Horse of the Earth, Jack Walters. But that was changed. Um, although it's funny anyway, because they put so much work into this game. Yeah, it was never released. Um, interesting note as well is that this game it, it still hits a lot of people's lists as one, uh, one of the greatest games that was never released, <laughs> you know, in those sort of areas. Uh, <laughs> But you know, I, I'm a bit of a, a bit scared. I, I don't like lists like that because it never was released. It's like we didn't get the game, so we never know. It, it, we don't know if it'll be good. And not to be harsh, but based on sorry, you're right. It's all right. That won't based happen on what again. We did have based on what was released with Dark Corners of the Earth. If this game even did come out, I'd imagine it would probably have some of the same problems that Dark Corners you know suffered from, which we're going to get to when we talk about the game. Um, but basically, yes. Yeah, so that was the first, that was the second game that was in development. They did start this development. The third game, and there's not a lot to say about it because they didn't really get too far in it. It was called Call of Cthulhu Beyond the Mountains of Madness. This was the third game. It really doesn't share a lot with the other two at all. It was just more, this was based off um, one of the role-playing campaigns um, called At the mountains of, Ma- of madness a sort of similar title as well um I this was that. also it, they, they announced it in 2002 but they did say this was going to be only for xbox and pc oh i should have also mentioned that um as destiny's end was in production they did announce that was going to be on xbox as well because of course and both because of these you just games save were, as dot xbox yeah, yeah. I, I, I know how to do it 
this get headfirst was so ambitious they said both of these games even though they announced them in 2002 were both going to be released in 2004 two years after they're both announced <laughs> that's two full games that's going especially of what they're what they're promising not as well. since dennis dyack have you heard so <laughs> many promises offered and failed upon I, and actually to be fair much like dennis dyack uh <clears throat> good concept Good, good showing yeah. for the game, but not the strongest. This game is not flawless, not in the, not, not by a long shot. Um, it's worth playing, but it's not flawless. Uh, Absolutely, this game and has um, some caveats. <laughs> so on, on beyond Mountains of Madness, the this final, there's unfortunately there's, I, there's no screenshots of this game. It's debatable whether they even actually. Start well, but they, apparently it was in production. But there's not, there's no sort of screenshots anywhere, even on the magazines. I can find nothing on this. Um, the game was based in 1930s this time, so you're going back to kind of the older style era. The game that we're going to talk about is based in 1920s, so we'll go to that. Um, the, the interesting thing about this one is it's going to be set in Germany and Antarctica, so you're going to do a bit of globe trotting. Um, you played as an archaeologist from the RPG role playing game. Um, which was his name was Robert Napole, Naples. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. that one. That, so um, he and he, yeah, he sort of specialises in the you know crazy mytho stuff. Of course he does because that's because it's a completely game. Um, but my favourite part about this, Fred, is of course he's got to try and stop the Nazi occultists. Yes. <laughs> so because you know it's the 1930s. Cthulhu was a was a was a Nazi. Uh, just so you know. Um, we don't talk about it much, but uh, it was the tentacles thing. It, it worked real well with the Aryan race. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I did like that. Um, you know, it's it's right around this time that you start to go, okay, well, you know, which which would you, where, where could they go with that? Um, but actually the Nazi occult, you could have some fun with. and um, You could, yeah, yeah. Especially you're going to go the sort of maybe the Wolfenstein route. Uh, I'm talking about the original Xbox era where they did Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Um, maybe that's something that put them off. Who knows? But um, the so that, that that's kind of all the games that were um, that those are those two. These are the two additional games. When Dark Horse Eve hadn't even been released at this stage, they were still in production. Those plays. Meanwhile, back in the base camp, things were going a bit difficult. Bethesda was getting a, um, understandably a bit agitated because they hadn't sort of made much progress with uh, Dark Horse the Earth um, because of constant delays, constant production problems. Apparently, it's rumored that they had to go through a bit of a an engine revamp, really, with the game. Well, and it uh, should be noted that issues. yeah, they had that same problem with uh, their one other game. Um... Apparently, Simon the Sorcerer Sorcerer, 3D, they had to rebuild the whole engine part of the way through. So uh, what I did read about, and I I didn't know if you were going to cover this or not, so I'm just going to chime in here, was that that, that this development studio was notorious for that, for their games being in production so long that their engines were out of date by the time it came time to release them. In fact, you could probably think of a couple studios today that have similar problems. Um, and that's why <laughs> your engine is obsolete by the time it actually hits. So, mm. Exactly. And a lot of it really just kind of goes into that same circle of the, you know, prom- may- may- promising maybe too much really too soon about having something proof of concept. Um, but so yeah, but first understand got a bit sort of you know, irritated and they they refused to kind of they, they obviously continued to have dark horse of the earth but they refused to sort of finance any future projects from them so 
a lot what kind of happened is that the this the studio got stripped down quite significantly uh, apparently half of the product the studio had to leave just because of financial difficulties yep. um before before the game was even released as well yep. so, um <laughs> the a half of the the half of the cut the studio that was the half of the production team that was still left who was working on the sequel Destiny's End had to now be pulled into Dark Horse Earth to help finish that project, um, which they did do. And then, unfortunately, this all basically sums up to in 2006, which is basically the year after the game actually finally came out. The the company was officially announced bankrupt. Basically, um, a lot of the staff that was left with the company they ended up going because this actually do we actually mention this as a British company as well? <laughs> Didn't really know if sure you said that or not. I figured um, the Simon. The sorcerer thing gave it away but you're right yeah there are lots of american companies that made japanese only games so <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't so, go without saying so the staff that was left uh, went on to work with other british developers uh, most notably codemasters who to this day is now well known for the colin well the those rally games <laughs> like dirt series basically uh eurocom it was the other company and sega racing studio which i didn't even know was in britain was in the uk me neither. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense, though. We had we seem to we seem to be big on rally games over here, which I didn't know. But, it's true. Um, but anyway, but that's that's kind of just like Headfirst Studios in a nutshell. Really, it's um, it's an interesting tale. I think it's a funny. It's a, it's it's a tale that really screams true to game game development today. Really, with the you know, um, with the sort of you, know, you, you had these great ideas, but you you nailed it on the head earlier. Whilst I actually had this in my notes as well, where you know, when you, if you take too long to get these games to come out, and I, I can, I'm, I'm going to be horrible saying this now, but Last Guardian might possibly be in that category, which is coming out later this year. Yeah, so that's what I was kind so of hinting at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but so. we'll, we'll, yeah, it remains to be seen. But at the same time, at the end of the day, despite sounding sort of negative on this, I'm kind of glad that at least we got what we got the game that we got which is dark coins earth it is a game that certainly is rough around the edges which we are going to talk about but it's got some great ideas that had this game sort of been a maybe if they had the right sort of i don't know if they had if they had the right funding maybe or they had more staff behind i think if they were a company maybe today with the with the modern technology they might have done a bit better maybe but and maybe maybe if they actually use a a, a, a pre-built game engine they might be okay as well but hey you know this this is what happens um but it is it is a fascinating tale i think really and it's it's i always think it's quite sad regardless of sort of whether you're a piece molyneux or whatever type of games develop you are it's always sad to see people go out of, get lose jobs and get out of work you know because we all need jobs <laughs> yeah we all need to get paid <laughs> That's the uh, development side. That's the background, basically, on this um, on this company. It's a hell of a story. <laughs> oh, and here's Sparky, and we've got Andrew. <laughs> we've got yeah, everyone's coming out of the woodwork for this one. All right, fantastic. Clue Drew says, "How does an engine become out of date? The hardware doesn't change within a generation." No, no, no. no. Well, yes and no. The hardware does change at the generation. Um, now, you are correct, though. When they started developing this game in 1999, they were targeting PS2, and then they were over to Xbox. So since it still came out on the Xbox, there was no real need to build an engine. But what you can start to notice is that things aren't functioning quite the way you want them to, or your game has become more complicated than the engine can support. In this case... What happened with specifically Call of Cthulhu, to my knowledge, was they were going to use the Havoc engine for physics, yep. and they ended up having to create their own. So, well, the, the jump from PS2 to Xbox, I think, was a huge problem. It's because um, mm-hmm. the 
I, I, I'm not I'm not the expert on this, but PS2 architecture compared to it's, it, basically, if you're trying to make a game for the original Xbox from a PS2 hardware, it's it's a bit sort of original complex, Xbox was something. a little bit bigger than um, uh, in terms of RAM and capabilities than the original PlayStation 2. However, again, like we've always said. Um, <clears throat> You know, uh, PlayStation 2, weakest uh, console of that generation, and also definitely the most popular by far. I know, yeah. So there the, you go. The game probably did better being on the original Xbox just because of the how big those levels were. I just could not see that working on the PS2. Because <laughs> um, to put that in perspective, I think, um, anyone that's played Deus Ex on the PS2 game, which is actually a very good port of Deus Ex, I should say, mm-hmm. um, what they do in that, to in the PC version of that, the big op- levels are really, really big and sparse, but in PS2, they basically trim them down into separate sections so they can have load screens between them, and that's how they get around that kind of... Um, that barrier, essentially. So it works there, but I just... Uh, similar things were done that, with... Um, yeah. Uh, how Valve did Half-Life 2, uh, not just the oh, yeah. console oh, yeah. ports, but the original PC port. Uh, Andrew in the chat says, knowing what I know now, how the PS2 is built, porting from that console is a nightmare. Uh, that <laughs> is very true. Uh, also, according to Naughty Dog, circa 2000, PS2 is greater than Nintendo GameCube. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I'll give you that. I was told that Nintendo... Actually, I again, people still challenge me on this. I, I've still, I'm still under the impression that the Nintendo GameCube had the best graphics engine or the strongest graphics capabilities of that generation, but I know people push me on that one. I can tell you it definitely beats um, the PlayStation 2s because everybody talks about the massive color and uh, resolution compromise that happens uh, to Resident Evil 4 when you go to PS2. But again, I don't know how the console capabilities work out. And Xbox is the most complex, but mm, I don't know how much more capable it is than other things. It seems like a lot of the Xbox exclusives wasn't out of necessity as much as it was about business. So mm. anyway, and here's Cy1. Look at that. <laughs> Our one and only native-born uh, Australian listener joins us. Welcome, sir. Um <laughs> Sorry, Sparky. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, so, see, I've yeah I said Sparky, Sparky Castro gets pissed off. Well, he probably doesn't, but we're. We, I hope he knows we're not ostracizing him. We are very familiar with the fact that you're an Aussie, and we appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so let's get real quick into uh, the gameplay, the concept, and the impressions, so that we can leave a good 45 mm. minutes to talk about the campaign. Um, Absolutely. So real quick, the gameplay to me starts off as a true blue stealth game in that you don't even get a gun till Mm. a good halfway through the game. Um, Maybe not halfway through the game in hours, but halfway through the game in levels. Um, But the levels get staggeringly larger in scale after chapter seven. Um, But you don't get your weapons until the end of chapter five, right? You basically get a weapon and then get into the garage and run. Um, Pretty much, yeah, because it's uh, you don't even. I, mean, I, I always find it quite funny when you when you finally get the weapons. Even Jack says, "Finally, a weapon." <laughs> it's, quite, it's rather a humorous little line he does. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, yeah nice. weapons, weapons at the guns at last. Yeah, you well because you're collecting ammo for like ever in the game. Oh no, yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah, from you've that. maxed so, yeah. out all your shotgun shells, probably your rifle shells, and definitely your pistol, uh, pistol yeah. shells yeah. by the time you get your first gun, and you get them both at the same time. You get the pistol and the shotgun at the same time in chapter five. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but the game starts off as kind of a no way to defend yourself stealth game, where to get caught is pretty much to die, except that. I'll give credit to this game. Um, this is the biggest bit of dumb, dumb babies with the uh, strongest eyesight I've ever seen. They've got fucking like 15, yeah. 15 vision. They can see you th- through the darkness ac- from across the street. Um, but if you turn around a corner, they forget that they were chasing you. <laughs> Where'd he go? Yeah. Have you ever done that? Like you just, Outside. you don't even hide. You just like go into a different room and like stand behind the wall and like, oh. if you get far enough away, they don't remember you were there. There seems to be some weird barriers in the game. I noticed, like, there's certain like that particular the jail, the jail, not the jailbreak. Where is kind of the jailbreak scene where you get the guy out of jail? Mm. Then if you go down that kind of side alley, they just for some reason just don't pursue you. They stop uh, like a wall. Yes, so. that's true. Well, and and there's other things that I found kind of frustrating. We'll talk about it when we get there. But where you're basically asked to. Um, do things very specifically chapter five is another great example of that to break that guy out it's yeah it's like do this then do this then do this then do this and if you try to break from that you just die like you just you get strong-armed into uh a straightforward thing what the game wants you to do (laughs) but then the first level like or the second chapter really the outside of the prologue um when you first get to innsmouth like that is as open as it gets you know, so it really like, is. Yeah, yeah, you just sort of wander around. It, literally, yeah. Um, I remember I did a video a long time ago. Um, but uh, <laughs> don't worry, Andrew. We will we'll be nice if we if we uh, painstake your honor. Um, but uh, but yeah, the 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 second chapter when you see my video, like yeah, I don't know what to do, and I just wander around forever. You just have to talk to the right people. It's kind of like the beginning of Star Tropics. Just talk to everybody and eventually you'll get a cutscene. Mm. Um, but then as the game progresses, especially pretty much starting from, I guess to a certain extent, chapter six, which is the escape, but, and the, and the cannery. Actually, the cannery, yeah, that's when this becomes a full bore first person shooter. And you find out that having a gun is not all it's cracked out to be. Um, no. Mm. You can really get your ass handed to you more so with a gun than ever avoiding combat. So, it's um. This is where because some people even describe this game as a survival horror game. It's like you're you really are kind of advised to avoid conflict at all costs, really. And, and God help you if you need to reload while in combat. Oh my God. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Everything's cumbersome. Healing is cumbersome. It's also very. <laughs> if you didn't <laughs> like metal, Ge- yeah. If you don't like Metal Gear Solid Three's <laughs> like heal certain parts of your body mechanic, you're gonna love Call of Cthulhu because even when you do that, it's not instant. You get to watch this crazy cutscene, which up his little box, which leaves you vulnerable the whole time. And if you so much as try to move during that time, the healing is failed. Um, mm. It's it's really kind of a weird healing mechanic. Um, and then there's a quick heal, but it doesn't heal specific things. It just kind of like helps you for a second and uses random resources as far as I could tell. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I felt the same there. It didn't seem to. It didn't seem to do much. And then I think I think it sort of because there's there seems to be in, when you when, there's this little menu screen where you see your character and it has the little you know like the little diagram heart monitor bit at yep. the top. I think it helps with that. It helps you just stay. Alive. yeah that's your health yeah because you can bleed out like if you don't heal yeah. yourself and if you don't have the right resources to do so you can bleed out um very easily in fact um and then the last part is uh, in my opinion uh in chapter 10 with the devil's reef when you finally end up on the island uh you do end up in what is the weirdest version of like uh it does have some combat and some stealth but it's mostly a puzzle platformer at that point uh is what the game devolves into um mm. To a certain extent, but uh, but yeah. yeah, so it's it's a weird combination of of gameplay types. The one thing I noticed to go back to that healing as well is Jack Walters is possibly the most fragile first person character ever. Oh my yeah. god! Even if you if you, if you trip over like a step, he breaks his leg. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I like that. Or or when you find the corrosive stuff in the sewer. Oh my gosh the the things I've endured by just walking in the wrong spot. Uh, the Shagoth or the Sogoth or whatever. What's it called? How do you pronounce it? Shogoth. The S-H-O-G-G-O-T-H in the refinery. Uh, everything mm. burns when you touch him. So, <laughs> How much is a red-ringed fat Xbox 360 worth? To GameStop, about 20 bucks. Uh, to those of us who know how to replace a heat sink, not, maybe 30. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... So it's an interesting game. Um, what I do like about the concept is it is a true blue Lovecraft style horror game. It mm. is intended to creep you out, maybe make you a little crazy. And it, it, it definitely plays that Lovecraftian horror card very close to the chest, in my opinion. It feels well, thought- like a Lovecraft story. Well, then when the game starts, it tells you a bit like um, what, what game was it on the GameCube? Um, Sanity's Requiem, Eternal Darkness. Where they tell you, it goes, "Oh, this game will mess with your head." <laughs> it says, "Do not." It says, "Do not yeah. adjust your game. Don't turn it off because it could actually be the game messing with you." Yeah, yeah. And the game do any... does do that from time to time. It doesn't actually. It's not as bad as yeah. It's not as bad as Eternal Darkness where it doesn't corrupt anything. It doesn't. It really it doesn't is say it's corrupting your save game or anything. <laughs> yeah, you get blurry. Uh, things slow down. You go to black and white, um, and uh, and the surround sound. So, did you play this in five point one jam? No, I didn't. Um, I I didn't have I didn't have the that capabilities. <laughs> okay, no problem. Uh, well, and it's not too crazy in this game. It it feels almost like five channel stereo, but occasionally they do stuff where like if someone's talking to you and you turn around, you can hear it on only the back speakers and stuff. But when you start to go crazy. Yeah, random speakers have that speech in the background, like "kill yourself, do this." Da, da, da. Oh, I why am I going that. mad yeah. and all that <laughs> stuff? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's it's pretty damn effective in stereo, but mm. in five point one, it's very effective because it just kind of surrounds you. Um, so I had to do some pretty crazy setups to do this. I had to hook it up to my capture card because my TV does not accept component video. Um, so I had to hook it up to my capture card, which converts component to HDMI so that I could play this game on, on my 4K TV. Game looks gorgeous in 4K, but it's just 480p scaled up um, and then the surround sound. But, uh, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Um, they also use the vibration in the controller from time to time to mess yeah. with you. So your heartbeat and whatnot. 
Um, so what real quick is your impressions real quick review kind of thing? Like what, what do you think of this game? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What do you think is its strengths faults? Well, I, yeah, the, I, I, I liked it overall. If you talk about that, I, I, it's a game that I, I love the quote someone said once. I think they use this for the Silent Hill series where it said, it's like a wine connoisseur's game where this game is not for everybody at all. It's not very <laughs> accessible to a sort of a general audience, which is probably why the game didn't do very well. I don't think we even mentioned, I, did, I certainly didn't mention in the development of this game, this game did not sell well when it came out. It no, did it, not it, do very well. So. Yeah, and it, it got um, praised for what it's trying to do but yeah. a lot of people um criticize it for when it fails like it's it's a very bipolar game it's 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 highs are high and it's lows are low in my opinion i i like all the things that it tries to achieve i like the sort of the psychological elements of it a lot actually i kind of like that the game it feels like an early precursor to sort of say dead space where it's a hudless game where you have to you know, a bit like you got to count your bullets. I, I, I really, I really like stuff like that where you definitely you, you, count you your don't bullets. have every, yeah. And um, you know, you if you press the reload button, you'll reload regardless if the chamber's full or you know. So it's you don't really know. I mean, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. I don't think, actually. I think even if you go to your menu, you don't know how many bullets are in your gun, do you? Even if you do that, so there's no your way gun, of really just in your uh, in your stock. Yeah. Mm. It's um. I even even though I make fun of it, I do quite like the health system in a, in a way. I just wish is apart from the fact it is a little bit, it gets a bit frustrating at times. Um, it's but again, it's not a perfect game. It's it's sort of it's so rough around a lot of the edges. Like the AI is not quite right at times. Um, there were certain sections, especially certain stealth sections. I remember vividly where when you have no weapons at all, where I somehow just got lucky and just ran through despite everybody seeing me and i didn't because we should also point out if you get shot in this game once it's pretty devastating to your character oh especially a shotgun oh my god um your character is the worst for wear yeah um but uh well yeah and for me uh, a couple of the things is this game does so good at seeming so real and tense and and careful and then just becomes a fucking video game so fast. And that's fine, but it, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, it is a little frustrating. And, and I got to give credit to these developers. Like, what do you do? Do I have a solution for the better way to handle like the car chase and the, uh, not the actual scenes in the car, but when you first arrive back to the cannery, when you're trying to escape mm. Innsmouth, um, <clears throat> And you're launched into that opening sequence with all those guys chasing after you. And you just kind of, you die a bunch of times. Then you finally figure out, okay, I got to get behind these nets. And even though there's no reason they shouldn't see me, they don't because video games. Like, that's a little (laughs) frustrating, but like, I get it. Um, But all in all, yeah, I think it's it's pretty effective. I think um, when when it goes large stints without you being able to save and you have to restart, that has the alien, uh, this definitely has the alien isolation problem where I died and I lost half an hour and I was like, fuck. That was very frustrating. They should just let you save anywhere yourself. And that would have made the game a lot more accessible, I think. Yeah. and, And even in the patches to the PC version that like, you know, fans have changed up, um, which we might want to talk about that before we get into the game uh, in a minute. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. but like, yeah, that that's definitely um, kind of a showstopper. Um, but like I said, all in all, I really dug 
just the way this game is put together and and the way it works um it can be tense especially during a lot of the crazier scenes and the boss battles in particular they're not that complicated but they are daunting as i'll get out they're, oh yeah but there, there are moments dogen especially uh man yeah yeah but there, there or Dagon, sort of Dagon, Dogen, sorry, Dagon, Dagon, yeah, Dagon in, yeah. in Dangerous Voyage chapter, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> so there's moments in this game that uh, well, I wish we were going to get onto very soon, um, where the design of it entirely, I, I think that like one of the most infamous parts of the game is the escape part, really, of escaping from Innsmouth, which is really, really effective, I thought. It's a kind of like in the back of the truck, or, yeah. Well, not not the not the shooting bit. I'm talking about when you're running away. It's is that oh, that yeah. sort of escaping bit was quite tense and kind of terrifying as well. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially at the end of the cannery, like oh yeah, mm. with um, God, what is her name? Elizabeth. Is mm. that who it is? Anyway, I think so. Yeah. Um. So real quick, let's talk about what the what they did with the PC game. It's not really complicated, but uh, there's some changes made to the PC game because I believe there's a bug that. Yeah happens it's it's random but it happens in chapter seven the marsh refinery and it can make the game unbeatable uh there are several spots where the game can glitch randomly based off of the engine uh but reloading will fix that you just don't want to make the universal error of just one save i think you get five save slots and you can just rotate them out and that's what i did but um that's what i did yep yep yeah Yeah, the um the main destroying bug in the pc version for most people was the i actually beat fred i found a list of all the bugs <laughs> nice <laughs> all right actually long enough for, but, but that the main one um that's noted by most people because we've got to bear in mind that when you get lists of bugs they don't it's a bit like games today um they don't affect everybody it, it, sometimes they are temperamental bugs but the main one that did affect practically everybody with pc was in the um yeah the oil refinery or whatever you want to call it um there's a bit where you're supposed to put kind of like this band around a generator and essentially for some reason when you do that you can't activate a conveyor belt it just won't happen so you basically cannot progress in the game okay when you get to the grinder you can't activate the conveyor belt okay you you put the band around the conveyor but you put the band around the generator oh that part yeah yeah that bit you go to the switch the switch won't activate at all the, the switch you're supposed to press yeah it, jack just keeps saying the same line he goes oh i'm supposed to do something here it's like no jack you're supposed to press the button <laughs> push the button you son of a bitch um i kind of <laughs> felt like it was broken in that way when i was trying to solve uh in uh, chapter 10 in the x as well but it... well in chapter mm. 10 in the devil's reef when you're doing that jewel maze thing yeah yeah, oh, I thought that was broken because you push it a bunch of times. And he goes, "I, I'm the button doesn't do anything. The button, does, oh, oh wait, yeah, I, actually, the button does do something. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, so, but the other thing is, this game has infinite spawn points, and uh, the PC version yeah. gets rid of that. The the infinite spawn points uh, start off as a, a mild annoyance and become fucking brutal. Um, yes, especially the the final encounter. Uh, God, if you died, I I almost died, but I didn't die. And I was like, if I die, I bet I go back to before even finding this chamber. We should point out no skippable cutscenes either. Um, I'm getting a little tired of our Game Club games having no skippable cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the refinery in particular, until you figure out where you need to go at the very beginning, uh, if you get knocked out by that chain gun guy, you have to restart the whole chapter uh, and watch like five to ten minutes of cutscenes. So um but anyway 
uh, real quick. Uh, so Finian, um, wrote us in and this is, seems like as good a time as any to talk about it before we jump into the game's plot. But, um, mm-hmm. he says, Hey guys, first of all, this contains spoilers. I'm writing from work. So most of these are off the top of my head from what I know and remember. Um, from the game before playing it. Also my first time playing, I'm not sure. Oh, this is also my first time playing, so I'm not sure how it ends. Anyway, here we go. The game suffered multiple delays until Bethesda acquired the publishing rights and released the Xbox and PC versions. It was originally meant to be released on PS2. We've already talked about that, but thank you for the note. Uh, He said, since it spent so much time in development, two sequels were planned alongside it. Uh, COC's Destiny's End and COC Call of Cthulhu, uh, Beyond the Mountains of Madness. At least one of them was worked on even as a trailer, Destiny's End, available on YouTube. That looks inspired by RE4. Both were canceled, obviously. Okay. So sorry, man. I'm sorry we we stepped on your shit. Trust me. We we appreciate it, though. Um, He said, the game is based on the Cthulhu mythos in general, but the main plots are directly based on two of H.P. Lovecraft's novellas, Shadow Over Innsmouth and Shadow Out of Time. Um, The town of Innsmouth even has characters like the old drunk Zodak appears in Shadow Over Innsmouth. I didn't know that. The story also got a hilariously bad movie adaptation that I I recommend you watch called Dagon. I have to see this now fantastic so the I final just before the show as well <laughs> the final encounter sounds like a mashup between porno and a slasher flick actually if you've seen the final encounter you're not far off rageinator uh, <laughs> anyway all right well with that let's jump in and try to knock out this whole plot in 50 minutes what do you think think we can do it i think we can do it yeah, yeah I think we can. it's not too bad um <clears throat> so chapter one is the prologue um well, yeah, we'll kind of go back and forth, but I'll just give an intro and then we'll kind of discuss stuff. But uh, yeah. chapter one is the prologue. You start off uh, just ar- arriving to a house, right? It's six years prior to... Um, That's right. Yeah, six years before the events. To the events the... of this, uh, which is in 1922 is the events of this game. So quick mental math, and they probably say it in the game, but uh, I believe that's 1916 is when this mm-hmm. happens. You are a cop. Right? Or are you still a private investigator in that part? Maybe you I are think you're a policeman at this point. Okay. Yeah. Either way, you show up at a shootout at a house um, where there is a cult there. And uh, when you go into the house, uh, you know, uh, bullet fire ensues. You have no gun yet again. Uh, of course. <laughs> and so the <laughs> cultists are all hanging out there uh, <laughs> shooting at the cops. They actually don't shoot at you even when they find you. But most of the times you find people, they are not in an aggressive form of movement and anytime they are they do get shot in the head almost immediately after you see them um but basically you end up down in uh they mostly all get taken out but they they kind of refer to you as the one um you are going to be their kind of uh connection with there's some talk of cthulhu but i don't think that's what it's really about but i don't think it has anything to do with dogen or hydra or any of this other stuff either um is it really the guys at the end? The oh, what is it? The Order of Order of Dagon? No, 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 no. Um, give me one sec. There we go. Shadow over Innsmouth. No, god damn it. <laughs> Where is it? You know the the alien life forms that are in the uh, oh god the, the end of the game. Shadow out of time. The ones from Shadow out of time. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the great race of Yith. This may be what that is. Those may be the Yithians in that opening scene. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. People talk about it. Either way, he's the one. He's the one of this cult. And when you go down to the basement, you see lots of human sacrifices. Some pretty fucked up stuff in this house. Oh, yeah. You? you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but uh <laughs> highlander uh but uh, anyway um but you get to the basement where you find a machine kind of a, a portal machine that's not unlike the one you'll see later on um <clears throat> And which, from, you, which you say is it looks familiar, <laughs> right? Right. And from that, from my understanding, that triggers the Yithians to take over your body, which is why you are seen as insane for those six years. Because I do mm. know you are taken over by the Yithians for those six years. Gotta say, I apologize if you not played the game because this kind of is out of yeah, order. Complex. But <laughs> it's not that complex, but it's out of order. You don't learn this till the end, but. And I guess it's more effective that way, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Either way, while you're insane, and that's why you go insane, it's because the Yithians take you over. Um, and a lot of the stuff, uh, when they wipe your mind, becomes like a, a dream. Um, but anyway, you are released at that time. Um, and, uh, right, or well, I, that's the one part I can't tell. Are you released and become a private detective to look over Innsmouth, or is the rest of this all in your head? That's what I never oh, no, figured. The, um, the the plot basically is is that you're um well you you do that section there the the, the opening with the with the crazy people and then you, apparently you get you get put in the asylum for the first right, time right right okay so you <laughs> go back to the asylum at the in the second time okay yeah okay so anyway so. So, but that's all you'll, that's, that's where the Yithians are at at the beginning of this game, but you don't know anything about that and it's really yeah. not, not relevant, relevant, but, um, but yeah, and, and you kind of just do a flashback of, uh, of the, uh, the time in the, in the, uh, insane asylum and then bam, you're, uh, in chapter two, uh, entering, uh, entering, uh, Innsmouth. Um, did you want to say anything like about the prologue? Well, the, the not, not well. I'll get just just in a moment. But I say the the sort of the asylum. That's a regular flashback throughout the game because you have these regular sort of moments where you have the you know like the the blurred vision, and you go you're walking through that bloody corridor. I when I say bloody, I'm actually talking not I'm not talking British wise. I'm talking literally. <laughs> there's blood pouring from the ceiling. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, there actually is. Um, that, which is kind of adding to the whole kind of like your character supposedly sort of losing it. But anyway, about the prologue, um, the, the only one thing I want to say is about the psychopath you meet when you go up the stairs, I thought was quite interesting because that guy does look like he's just freaking crazy. He's like all coached in blood and everything. He's like, oh, we'd be expecting you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And that's that's when he gets popped in the noggin and yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Boy, Jack doesn't have a gun at that point, I don't know. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to say. He does. I think he just doesn't whip it out. I don't know. He just doesn't uh, know how yet. You know, real men know when to whip it out, right? Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, no. Um, <clears throat> but it's 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 kind of a jarring opening scene. Uh, but it's again I- incredibly effective. Um, mm. Lovecraft is all about fucked up shit going on in the basement, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it really is. But yeah, so this this leads you into chapter two with a very creepy uh, coachman. <laughs> <laughs> taking oh, you yeah, on a horse yeah, dr- or no wait it's not a horse-drawn carriage is he driving you yeah i guess he's you're in a truck he's driving it's, yeah, it's you're in a, a truck. truck yeah and he drops you off at the uh <laughs> appropriately named what is it called uh what's the inn called um the marshman inn or something oh hold on um i was looking it up yeah yeah uh but uh either way uh you get dropped off and at the moment, you're just there to check out Innsmouth. You're not even planning to stay or do anything. You're just there to kind of investigate it. 
and that's when um well you, know, you, you have a purpose it's the there's a missing person report so right so you're checking on the missing person which was the individual who went missing out of the hardware store yeah that's I right i forgot what yeah oh the gilman hotel is what it's called the gilman hotel yeah and you're investigating um, a missing persons report so um but what you really end up doing is uh you kind of uh wander around town talking to a bunch of people and boy the looks on some of these people's faces when you talk to them um there's a particular sequence when uh you know how you go to uh we'll talk about the house in a minute but you go into one of the houses and uh there's a uh there's a girl downstairs like uh coloring and uh, her mom's locked in the attic upstairs And when you get out of dealing with that sequence, um, you, there's this old woman who's Ramona. Okay. Yeah. And Rebecca is the girl you meet. And there's this random woman who's just frozen in the middle of the street who just stares at you and mumbles. Uh, if you ever return to that street, I think it's federal street or whatever, but yeah, it's really fucked up. (laughs) So well, that, that bit with the little girl was, a pretty cool scene i thought generally because it's all a lot of this game is very scripted when you do certain sort of sections of it story-wise and um yeah she's like oh you know um because there's a whole sort of talking bit with him he's always talking so he's like, oh, can i speak to your mommy or something she goes oh, i can't talk to mommy because she's bad and <laughs> she's yeah daddy keeps you locked upstairs and it's so great because you go upstairs and you see something bashing against the door it's obviously a, a gill man yeah. um and she's become Gilman like, and you just unlatch the door, and the thing just fucking pummels out, <laughs> runs just, downstairs, and just rips her to shreds. Which is something you don't see in video games. Much. No, just the, like, the killing of children not in video, and and it actually returns at the end of the game. It does. Yeah, that's A that's lot. yeah. <laughs> people say that's kind of the reasons for your behavior at the end of the game, but. Yeah, it's a really fucked up thing. And I remember going like, is there a way I can get past this without unlatching the door? Uh, no, because you need to trigger no, the cops to, to come yeah. and arrest uh, the dad. Um, so you say, you'll burn for this. <laughs> yes, yes. But oh, fucking Jack, like, how could you? Um, but, uh, but, you know, while you're also doing this, you learn a lot about Rebecca, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of an interesting little character, even though she ends up like most Lovecraft characters being disposable at the end. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like that, that whole sequence is pretty jarring. Um, you know, you can talk to the drunk and he'll tell you a bunch of stuff about his time, uh, which again, he's a real character out of the book. So that's kind of cool. Um, but, uh, and then you get your first stealth sequence where you have to hide from the cop and sneak into the uh, the hardware store or the general store or whatever it is you're sneaking into. Mm. What was your impressions of this first thing? Well, the first stealth sequence isn't really that difficult. I thought it was a it was essentially they, they the the sort of the stealth people and there's no fail in this. I think if they see you, they just kind of push you back to the beginning. I don't think I don't think they attack you, do they? I think they just tell you. No, to they just he, yeah. And by the third time, you'd think he'd be fucking hip to your game, but no. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, what is frustrating is you do find in the back office uh, kind of the crowbar type thing that opens up the 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 floor exit out of the the general store when the cops come. And if you do not escape at that part, you have to redo this entire sequence. Um, 
Yes. <laughs> which is annoying. Um, I managed to pull it off right beforehand, but I know that is what happens. So, but, uh, but yeah, you basically just rummage around town doing various things. Um, you do eventually um, <clears throat> get to the poorhouse, you know, um, <laughs> and see some pretty fucked up stuff there. Um, but ultimately, when you get to the very end, um, you will find a safe and an early combination, which is, in my opinion, pretty easy. And you get the book of Dogon or Dagon, which is Dagon, yep, okay, yeah, Dagon, which is yeah. very necessary later Dagon. in the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's quite. You need to use that multiple times throughout the game. Yeah, from the safe. So the book of Dagon is kind of your. Uh, if, if, translating if he ever says he can't read that, it looks to be some foreign writing. Just use the book of Dagon and you're good to go, which is where it comes to like point and click, right? Use this on this, but, um, mm. but yeah. Okay. One thing worth pointing out, I don't think we said this is the interesting sort of thing in this game is that every time you, you interact with something, Jack monologues about everything <laughs> literally in yes. this game. He's like, it's it's locked. It's it's, an it's old locked. Something I can't or other. do that. <laughs> you wouldn't put that there. I'm not going to touch that. I don't know what that does. Um, so you are insane. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> very clearly. I dug it though. I quite liked it. What is the meaning of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Um, but <laughs> but the other thing I did notice is you see the Church of Dagon. Uh, Dagon. Sorry, I'm yeah. going to screw that up this whole time. Uh, the Church of Dagon which uh, you definitely can't get into, but you start to see that the whole town kind of revolves around this, the Order of Dagon, so. Um, I just find... Yeah? I say, I just find it quite funny, especially in this opening scene, that it's just, they make it very, very clear, the locals, that they don't want you around. <laughs> oh, no. No, but no, Jack, no. But Jack just, Jack just insists on staying. <laughs> yeah, well, and I guess that happens in the book, too, so there you go, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, Jack's gonna get to the bottom of this. He's gonna catch somebody. Um, but uh, but he's so he's so calm, isn't he? He's like, especially someone that's so crazy. Dude, he's, he's so like, chill oh. at the end of that game. He's like big fucking fish creature with four boobs. Okay, let's do this. A, uh, you know, there's a hydra there. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the hydra, which does not look anything like I thought the hydra would look. But hey, um, and it's locked. <laughs> Just and it's locked. Here, yeah, um, but it's locked. I can't do that. Um, but. Uh, or it's unlocked. I like that when he unlocks it. He doesn't say I've unlocked it. He goes, it's yeah, unlocked. It's unlocked. Yeah. Can, you know, like 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 David Copperfield's out. It's unlocked. Um, but eventually you get to the point where you've gone through enough of the cutscenes and you cannot leave Innsmouth. You you want to leave, but you can't. So you decide, well, I guess I'll get a, a room at the inn at the Gilman Inn. And I love that when the guy leaves, you go sneak mm. into his back office where he's just been chopping up bodies with a cleaver, yeah, just like, like just for the fuck of it. And you just come out, just smiles as he <laughs> returns. Okay he's yeah. like, oh, be. Uh, and then he puts you uh, to bed and that, that wraps up. Well, he puts you to bed. <laughs> he tucks you and kisses you. Um, I love the bit where this guy gives you a nice view of the, of the scenery. <laughs> yes. You get, you get a beautiful view of the scenery beyond. Uh, thanks bro. Um, you're right, outsider. You don't look so good. Yeah, right? Yeah, like everybody looks pale as fuck and like kind of incredible Hulk-like and, and he's saying you look odd. Um, but uh, And then you, you know, lock up your rooms. Uh, you actually have access to the adjoining room as well. Um, mm. And you latch those up 
and then uh, and you can then you bolt the doors, which is pretty cool. Uh, you actually, actually have to in order to go to sleep. Yeah, you have to to progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a mini tutorial, really. It's kind of like it's kind of like um, foreshadowing, saying you might need to use this mechanic in this next bit that's coming. Uh, Clue Drew says, "Why can't you leave?" Sorry, <laughs> the cops won't let you out. They literally are barriers at the exits of the town. The town is fully explorable, and there are little areas that allow, that are like the exits of Insmith, and the cops just stop you. And before that, they hmm. even stop you from alleyways. They just move out to the outskirts of town. And if you go talk to the driver, who says he'll take you back soon he eventually says he's not going to be leaving for the night so yeah yeah but uh i mean know, it's funny jack calmly in his stoic like i'm i'm actually not that crazy voice <laughs> which he, he kind of tonight. sort of says like i really don't want to stay here but i've got to <laughs> when in rome uh but uh <laughs> so then you get chapter three uh which is probably your first da- dash with annoyance which is attack of the fishmen um and just to break it down, because we don't need to go too much into it, but we'll get to whatever you want, Jam, is you're basically on the run. You're being shot at yeah. and attacked by the fishmen, uh, by no the gillmen. Yeah, which I should point out, the gillmen are just people who look kind of green, um, but they look like normal people. Um, you have no weapons yet, and you're just kind of like closing doors and locking them. You know, it's like a haunted house hallway. You have to push um, wardrobes in front of doors as well. It's it's quite urgent, this. And you've got to... The timing's tight. I should restart this a lot. Oh, yes. The the timing's tight. And you have to rewatch that cutscene of them invading your room over and over again. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, Um, I hate that. Be quiet. Oh, and you get it down. You're like, okay, walk through here, latch that. Okay, latch that. Oh, now I got to go over here, latch that. Push this aside. Okay, jump out on the balcony okay now i'm gonna come to the hallway where all i gotta really do is just duck down because they're shooting through the windows you really get it down to that science um you do end up in a warehouse where they corner you and you kind of just got to do some stealth moving around in the shadows that's where they kind of they give you the tutorial don't they for the stealth here they say like don't get seen the right stick yeah (laughs) oh yeah click the right stick to go to stealth mode don't get seen um and uh yeah and that's about it and then uh eventually you get underneath the floorboards and uh and then they for some reason open the door and then you gotta escape that same way (laughs) um and then you do end up in the collapsed building remember at the beginning of that you get into the building and a guy falls to his death right in front of you (laughs) and his buddy's up there and he's like thomas Oh, I told him. <laughs> then Jack says, he's dead. Yeah, and then ja- yeah, Jack's like, he's dead. And then he goes, oh, by the way, do you know how the fuck to get out of here? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Just go uh, just go down here, and you'll see a fan, and just climb into the sewers. <laughs> um, which, by the way, when, when you fall down there, and you break the fan with the crowbar, and then climb into the sewers, did you keep getting hit by the fan? And, like, it does a lot of damage to you. <laughs> No, I was alright. That's that bit. Oh man, I got nailed a uh, couple times. Uh, you can save right there, so you you learn to appreciate yeah. your save points. But um, but this is kind of your first intense action sequence, and this uh, this will get you acquainted as to whether or not you're going to enjoy the next handful of chapters. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Workham goes sounds like a town in Rambo. Eh, you're not far off. Um, the whole town's after you at this point. Cat's yeah. out of the bag. Um, there there's also no women up. around oh, apart from the ones that are not crazy <laughs> yes yeah the sane women are gone they're off probably being crossbred oops spoilers uh, but anyway um, <laughs> so you enter chapter 4 which is uh, the sewer um, yeah. the sewer is more oh, just kind of we've got to head haven't we what chapter 4 
Chapter three is Attack oh, oh. of the Fishmen. Chapter four is the sewer. That's uh, chapter. Oh yeah, yeah, no, Karen, Karen, you're good, you're good. Okay, sorry. Um, unless you're thinking of a different part, maybe you're thinking of the other sewer area, which is later. But no, you're actually in the That's sewers. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and there's not too much to this. You learn that certain parts of the Shagoth, you know, kind of come into view, get some some tentacle action. Um, see some people pulled through grates and whatnot. Um, you learn that if you touch it, it burns you. Uh, it's burnable to the touch. Um, <clears throat> but the sewer is just kind of a lot of, I don't know. To me, it was a lot of playing around with levers. Yeah, you had to kind of get it in the right kind of like equilibrium, I guess. You had to get rid of the slime. Ah, uh, yes. Get rid of the slime. So you got to like drain the slime, turn on the water, drain the water. <laughs> yep. Pull the lever, climb up the ladder really fast and get through the hole before it's too late. And then you watch the Shagoth eat somebody. Um, <laughs> you don't actually see it. You just see the tentacle come up and kind of pull the body down. <laughs> but I think, I think you're, you're supposed to kind of rush through that bit to avoid yes. being caught by it. In case it wants to reach up and grab you, which would have been great if it did as a fail state. Mm. Um. <clears throat> And then you eventually come up through the church. Uh, well, you don't actually eventually come up through the church. You actually come up on the streets. Do you remember this? Yeah, you I have to I, yeah. Sneak through the streets a little, but you eventually find, uh, is it, now I'm forgetting, is it Elizabeth? You find an old house it, and you, is it Rebecca? Or is it Elizabeth? It's Rebecca. Okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's Rebecca. You might be right. Um, and uh da, 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 da. but yeah you come into her house and she's just kind of chilling there in front of a fire um and she, she's like jesus jack <laughs> yeah yeah oh you know what you're right that is a rebecca uh, elizabeth is later <laughs> um but yeah rebecca and she uh she wants to uh people start breaking in the gilman start breaking into the house and she goes okay let's run to the church uh to be clear this is not the uh Order of Dogen or Dagon um, Church. This is a Methodist church that her father used to run. Um, that's yeah. been destroyed. So um, she brings you there, and right before you walk in, she's gunned down. <laughs> yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Apparently, that 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 is, happens instantly in my game playthrough. <gasps> uh, actually, there's no way to save her. I was talking really? about Elizabeth in uh, the cannery in chapter five. Mm. Yeah, there's no way to save Rebecca. She dies regardless. Mm-hmm. So, and then you get into the church and they're kind of barreling after you while you sol- solve a fun little um, bell puzzle. <laughs> and then you go underneath, you learn a little bit of lore. Um, and then this is, I think, where you were thinking of where you end up coming up through the sewers and you're kind of underneath this main kind of alley building area. Do you remember this part? Yeah. Where they're like looking for you. You kind of come mm. to um, like a, an opening in the sewers and they're looking for you. And to trick them, you have to kind of rattle each of the sewer grates along this like pathway. There's like yeah, four of them. I, I had a bit of tough, tough time figuring out what the hell to do here. <laughs> yeah. And so you're supposed to sort of lure them to the furthest sort of, I guess, rattling. And then you got to go, oh, you got to like backtrack and then climb up um, to the open manhole, which I missed the first time through. I didn't see it. <laughs> Well, and it's hard. The timing's very distinct. And then yeah. you can climb into the burning building with the most brittle fucking floors that just drove me nuts uh, throughout the whole oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. game um, because they just break underneath you and you take damage. Plus, the guys now see you. They can't get to you, but they can sure as hell shoot you. Um, 
and you kind of got to get your own way through it, and then you end up in the the back part of the building, which takes you through an alleyway into the bank. And the bank is, man, I do love first person platforming, don't you, Jim? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! <laughs> because you go into the yeah, bank this, vault. This is annoying. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if you okay. So you go into the bank vault, and you have to climb on a bunch of rafters, and it's one of those things in first person. It's very Max Payne and third person, kind of walking on very thin boards where guys are. A, just beneath you. Um, and then at the very end, right when you're about to get out towards the wat- the, the, the water tower, there's this huge leap you have to make. And it's like a pixel perfect leap. Like you have to jump right at the edge of it and you'll yes. just make the I, jump yes, on the stairs. I fell down. Yeah. And I do too. And you can fall as far as down to the bottom of the bank vault. And aside from taking a ton of damage, cause you're just a fucking, you know, stick man. Um, you have to redo the whole sequence. Like, not if you fall down you might as well redo it because of the i did reload it yeah (laughs) but either way you have to redo all of the climbing and walking and everything so yeah naturally when you come out to the water tower i was like thank god because there's a save right there um yeah um and then you got to just run around with the water tower and uh you kind of duck off of rooftops it's actually very harrowing this part um guys are shooting at you you jump in and out of buildings um and then you eventually kind of escape uh, through the water tower. And um, I don't know. Like, once you get out of there, you end up in the back alley somehow. But you just basically escape. Yeah. So um, anything you want to say about the sewer level? Anything that was... No, nah, it's pretty sort of... It, like, it, we, it's just kind of escaping, really, isn't it? It's just um, beat by beat. Yeah, that platform... When you talk, talked about already, that banking platform bit was complete. Oh, I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> you do also do this fun little platform jump where you jump on this platform that's being held up by like a stick. It's like a Looney Tunes jump. Um, yeah. And of course, the guys beneath you are like, did you hear something? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we AI can't look up, so we're, we're powerless to figure out what that was. <laughs> well, they, they do figure out you're up there eventually, but they're, I, I read about in a, I read in a guide um, that they... Um, that they can't, that the hit detection's too, you're too far away, so they can't actually hurt you. So. Okay, yeah, because I do think I heard them shooting at me at one point, but yeah. they never hit me, yeah. Um, it's, 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 you know, we should also point out the insanity effects really kick in pretty hard on that, too. Yes, you can't look down. You can't look <laughs> down, all. and even if you're looking straight, uh, or no, yeah, when you look down, if you glance down to see the boards, that's when everything gets blurry and slow, and yeah, it's not good. Jack doesn't waver. like heights. <laughs> Right. No, but yet he always fi- he doesn't like small cars or really big women, but always finds himself in them for some reason. <laughs> he just don't understand it. Um, but uh, but yeah, once you escape, uh, you're off. And I forget what prompts you. Is there a plot reason that you're prompted to go break out? Um, what's his face? God, let me find him. Um, Burnham. Yeah, but Brian is it? Yeah, Brian Burnham is his name. Oh, yeah, because you find, um, what's her face, Elizabeth Lockett, and you want to bring it to Brian because, yeah, I think you're told somewhere, maybe it was by Rebecca, that he'll help you get out of town. Yeah. Somewhere in this, you're trying to escape, get out of town, and Brian's your key. Uh, And Brian, we should point out, or Burnham, whoever it is, he's the father of the little girl who got killed. Right? No? No. No, 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 no. I don't no, think so. I guess he's not. 
Maybe the father's the guy who's banging so, his head I against the wall. I thought the father was killed, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, the father was killed. You're right. I don't know why Burnham's there, but there's some love story between Burnham and Elizabeth that you kind of get roped up into. <laughs> it's 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 honestly escaping me. But um, so jailbreak. Uh, that's chapter five, very appropriately named because your whole goal is to break Burnham out of jail and then escape the city. <clears throat> Jamie, you want to? Mm-hmm. Since I've been talking for a second, you want to tackle what this opening sequence is like? And oh, it was frustrating yep. for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the first thing you got, you got to cut. There's a lot, there's a kind of a moment at the beginning here where you got to kind of wait for guards to kind of have their little talky session until they move out of the way. And then you, you go to kind of the prison bars and you talk to Burnham briefly. But then the, the sequence house is supposed to work is you're supposed to talk to him again and then he advises you to. I don't know, rile up the crazy person that's next door yeah. to me, <laughs> Which is actually quite a good scene if you watch it, but you're not really supposed to watch the crazy guy. But if, if you if you talk to him and leave it, he actually reaches out for you, and it's like a little jump scare, like a oh, really nice. small one. Yeah. Um, but what you're not supposed to do that because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to talk to him, then run behind like the bins and wait for the police guards to kind of come out and investigate. Because basically, Burn tells you that oh, the guy's crazy, and if he if he gets riled up, they have to come out and check him outside for some reason and not in the jail, even though they're in there. Yeah, yeah, they check him from the outside, but you know you don't question that because games. Um, but uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the interesting little sequence to get him out. Um. You found a crowbar as well at this point, so it's on the side. So you can even knock the guy out, or if you prefer, you can just go into the room, bolt it, so he can't get back in, and then and sort of. I didn't either. I just walked in. Yeah. And just got through this whole sequence before he came back. (laughs) Mm. Believe it or not, Uh, because you do have to go up the side staircase and do this thing with the sheriff. Which the only good news is the sheriff doesn't really see you. I guess I would say because he's shaving or whatever, which is weird. Gilman shaving. Anyway, (laughs) but you basically fuck up his plumbing and he has to come check it out in one of the weirdest layouts of a police station I've ever seen, Um, especially one with a bedroom in it. But... um, But it's it's kind of well, timing. Stations don't have bedrooms. <laughs> uh, guess they do. Um, uh, but it's 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 an interesting sequence because it's very slow paced, but you're very time intensive because he goes to check on the plumbing and you've got very little time to kind of come out of your little hiding spot, run into his room, grab everything, and then get back down the stairs. Um, but you got to do it all kneeled down, or everybody will hear you and freak out. Um, so that was a fun little tense scene, in my opinion. And that sheriff takes forever to get to you over there. Oh my God, like three hours. Um, but yeah, you, you come back down, you, and then Brian doesn't believe you. Do you remember that? You get the key and he goes, well, yeah, I'm not going to come with you. you anyway. And you're like, but I've you got her locket. <laughs> I've got Elizabeth. <laughs> or maybe you've got the photo. Is it the photo at this point? You got, you got the postcard with Rebecca's yeah. writing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the postcard. And he goes, oh my God, you're right. Oh Jesus. <gasps> okay. I'll follow you. <laughs> Um, and he follows you and then you guys sneak out in a not so smooth kind of escape, um, for me. Yeah, this is, yeah, jittery. They saw oh, me, yeah, but also I got... you gotta make sure he doesn't die. <laughs> yeah. Well, they saw us, but I had already gotten into like the back alleyway. So I just continued down the back alleyway and then they were like, where did he go? Who are we looking for? What the fuck? Um, <laughs> and once you get into the garage, they won't close the garage door, but nobody comes looking for you and yeah, uh, 
Oh, I don't. I didn't have the guns. Oh, you yet. don't? Oh, no. you didn't. But... No, I don't have them yet. <laughs> I, I, I got. I, I managed to. I rushed him and got them. <laughs> and we should point out Mackie, who is like this uh, kind of weird detective guy who seems to kind of know you. He talked to you. He seems to be on the level. He talked to you. Uh, he was in one of the random areas of uh, of Insmith when you first get there. He's in the in there too, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you should totally escape. Like, I'm all for this." <laughs> and he's just kind of hanging out with you as well. Um, but he tells you you've got to go sneak out and grab something. I forgot what you have to grab. The her locket. Yeah, you have to prove he won't leave without her locket, and you have to go grab her locket from the safe in the police station. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah, from the. And that's when I got the guns because you basically do all that in that front area, yeah. but you got to kind of sneak your way around. Um, but I, I, what I ended up doing was going down the alley and uh, sneaking back in that way um, and then closing and latching the front door like you were saying. And then I grabbed everything and, uh, and uh, you find a journal and that journal gives you the combination to the safe and... Uh, which you find in the cells. Do you remember that? Like now that you've got the keys, you can go open the other cells. You even open the cell to the crazy guy and you uh, feed him a rat. Did you do that? No, I didn't do that. I left him in there. I was like, I'm not going near that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you feed him a rat, he there's there's a journal in there and that journal is how you get the combination to the safe. Um, but, I thought the journal was in the... Is it like an empty cell? Oh, no, it's cell. in the empty cell. I'm sorry. I forget what you get in there. Maybe you get a gun. No, I don't, I don't remember what you get now. Probably some ammo, <laughs> something like that. But either way, um, and then uh, you open the safe, get the locket, and you go back. And for me, I was inevitably seen, but uh, they can't seem to get through that door in the back. Uh, they just don't. Once you get back there, you're good. Um, and I showed him the locket, and uh, well, first he told me he was still repairing the car, but I showed him the locket, and then he was suddenly done. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Convenient. He says I'm still finishing repairs. I know I'm finished now. <laughs> so, and uh, then we have our obligatory on the back of the car shooty section. Yes, the escape from Innsmouth. Uh, so yeah, so uh, this part I just kind of ha- I kind of hit out. I just tried not to get shot uh, and healed myself a couple of times. Um, you do have a sequence where you have to shoot a barrel and blow up a car, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, I should also point out Burnham doesn't know how to drive for shit. Oh my god, he's it's, it's a rocky, rocky trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually you get to the edge of town, and uh, he parks in like a barn or something. Are they out of gas, or it gets stuck, or something? And it does this weird like he goes, "Get out and run to the cannery, and we'll meet up later, or something." Well, I think you got to go. You got to go rescue. Is it Ruth at this point? Oh, it's Ruth. Okay, that that's who I was calling mm. Elizabeth. Uh, it's Ruth. Okay. And I forget, who is Ruth? Um, Ruth, Ruth is connected to Brian, I believe. He says, yeah, yeah. you've got to go rescue her. Yeah. Yeah, I forget who it is. Maybe it's just a friend. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yes, it is Ruth. Um, and uh, And then you get dropped into the cannery area, which starts off as its own level. And this is where I died a bunch of times because I, you literally get ambushed by like seven Yeah, you got to run quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, you got to run and jump on a porch and then you grab a revolver that's right there. These guns just start coming at you mm-hmm. fast. 
Uh, and then you wait for, you can wait uh, for most of them to go away, which is what I did, and then start opening fire on anybody who investigates the uh, the netting. <laughs> Aim for the head. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then I went off on the right area. But you can't, you're, you are kind of expected to go just kill everybody. Um, so you don't have to deal mm. with them. But I just killed my way to where the cannery was. And then you can kind of hide in the shadows and kind of navigate your way around. But uh, but this is kind of the first area where you kind of want to start taking people out. Um, you know, kind of the, there's a bunch of guys in a salt area, which you can take out because you get this fun little hiding place with boxes. Um, mm. And then there's a second story window you can go up to with a save point, which I thought that was pretty smart. They put the save point outside the window so you know to try to break the glass and get out there. Yeah, um, yeah, but there's a locked door there. You can't be followed that way as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um, but I eventually took everybody out and kind of reloaded and everything. And then um, you follow your way through those box alcoves, and you end up in this big major room, um, where you find a little bit of ammo and a Tommy gun. I think. Yes. I think this is a place where you find Which you probably need at this point. <laughs> yeah, because then you see Ruth in the rafters and she goes, they're after me or something. And then all of a sudden you get ambushed again by Gilman. Uh, three in particular running downstairs. And this had me dying a lot. Um, trying to rush my way back. Well, that, there's loads of enemies in this section. so That's true. That's true. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I and I ended up, like I said, trying to run my way through. Uh, I killed a couple of the gillmen that, that got in my way. You find out how brittle you are <laughs> from a gun <laughs> gunshot perspective, even when you're fighting with a Tommy gun. Um, and then you basically just get back up the stairs, and uh, and now you've got the key because that that's what triggers the cutscene is grabbing the keys off the key ring, and you mm -hmm. uh, can use that key to get up to the rafters where Ruth is. And then it's another uh, first-person uh, platforming uh, walk on narrow areas sequence. So, <laughs> do you have any problems with this particular sequence? This, this wasn't too bad, actually. Is the only bit that was difficult was the, um, as I say, when you collect the keys, you get you get a little bit overwhelmed by enemies. But it's it's all that kind of the repetitive pattern with this is when you if you get shot once, you know, Jack starts to sort of swagger in terms of his 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 movement is usually stilted. It depends where you're shot, basically. <laughs> which is complete potluck, I think, um, in terms of the game's mechanics. Um, but once you've got past that initial bit, it's pretty clean sailing, really. Yeah, I, I believe you have to rush through this, because if you it's timed, I believe. If you don't get there in time, Ruth can die, and you have to restart mm -hmm. the entire segment again. Okay, I thought Ruth can die and it's okay, but she just can't die up oh. here in the rafters. She can die on the way to the car, though. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, well, I I got her out alive. Uh, she dies right away after that. But yeah, yeah, I got her out of, alive. Um, I got lucky. My game must have glitched. Nobody saw me up on the rafters. I got to do that whole sequence without getting shot at. Mm. Yeah, weird, huh? I got seen, but I just I just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, once you get out of there, you jump in, uh, with Burnham and Mackie and Ruth, and then there's a massive car accident <laughs> crash <laughs> and everybody dies. I think conceivably other than you and then Mackie actually, I... mm -hmm. and you end up, uh, 
and back FBI at the asylum. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're back at the asylum, but with the FBI, right? Mackie's part of the yeah, FBI. Yeah, that's right. Um, you get tortured in this bit, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you get you get uh, lobotomy. Well, no, you get electroshock. That's yeah, you get electroshock treatment. Well, it's not really electroshock. It's like torture electroshock treatment. You and get I the Frankenstein treatment. <laughs> he's very casual about being electrocuted. He's just like, oh, do your worst. Dude. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck me up. Yeah, I got this. I have an erection. I like electricity so much. Um, but uh, okay, we might have taken it too far. Um, but then Mackie, what cracks me up is everybody kind of makes you their bitch from this point on, and Mackie being yeah. the first one and the most notorious, he's just like, "All oh, right, we're gonna go fight the Marsh <laughs> Refinery, and you're gonna come with me." Oh no, that's not Mackie. That's Hoover. Remember, it's J. Edgar Hoover. Mm. Right? Is it? Is his name? I think his name is J. Edgar Hoover. Um, hold on. Uh, I've got yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, yeah. it's J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, which I think is a great pull. So you and J. Edgar Hoover decide to go take on the Marsh Refinery, and we enter Chapter Seven, which is uh, the Marsh Refinery, based off of the RPG campaign and the longest level in this it's game. Very long. <laughs> Ugh, it's in like five main parts, but uh, but yeah. Um, so you want to talk about how this opens with like the ambush sequence? Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, yeah, you're 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 doing a raid on this these Innsmouth folk that are they're holding down this refinery, um, and Jack is just told to just jump into action. Basically, without I don't think you have a gun again at this nope. point. No, you do not. <laughs> oh wait, yes, this, no, you um, have a pistol. You have a pistol, but oh, if you, do, you yeah. if you lean out, you'll get shot in the skull. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to kind of run through this um, turret fire, but you got to kind of time it correctly between the. The bursts, basically, of fire. Yeah, and you, like, Otherwise, zigzag, yeah. and then the guys open, like, the guys who you're with from the feds, um, they shoot at the gunner. So if you run across when they're shooting, you tend to not get hit. But if you do die yeah. in any part of this sequence, you have to restart the whole sequence, which is just an unskippable cutscene. And watch cut that cutscene again. Yeah, oh, man. It's a long <laughs> cutscene. It really is. Um, but eventually you can just find some boxes around back, which I didn't realize was actually a new area. So that was my biggest problem was I didn't think that was a new area, but you find like basically a straight shot to where you're right next to the turret guy and you come in all fucking Schwarzenegger style, knock, knock, and you just shoot him in the head. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the feds come in. This is one of the infamous glitches on both Xbox and um, PC. Uh, if mm-hmm. you try to go too far into the refinery before the feds show up, if you don't just wait for them to show up once you kill the turret guy, if you start wandering around, they cannot show up and you need them to open the door into the refinery. So you want to wait for them. Um, I didn't actually experience that, but I I remember reading that when I was checking a walkthrough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and you kind of wander around there and you eventually end up in the refinery where where Hoover is great. He's like, ah, the elevator doesn't work. So I'm going to look into this and, uh, and then I'm going to go upstairs and you go downstairs. I'm going to go up into the nice, well lit upper area and you go down to the deep, dark basement (laughs) where everybody probably is. Okay. Um, We should also point out that all of Hoover's men are dying. (laughs) Yeah. They slowly get weeded down. There's two of them left. There's Hoover and, uh, And I think it is Mackie is the the other one. No, maybe it's not Mackie. It's somebody. It's uh, it's his right hand, whoever it is. But um, and then what what continues is a very long sequence where you're just kind of collecting parts to get an elevator working, and then um, 
and then getting around to the grinder area. Um, but there's, uh, if you're not careful, you can miss the save points, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, you can get cornered pretty easily and die. And, um, and, in, and and the enemies respawn indefinitely. This is one of the places where the PC players definitely yeah, haven't made. Yeah. Um, cuz you can run out of ammo very easily as well. They don't drop ammo or anything. So you can find the revolver and the shotgun, I believe, just like randomly just dropped in the environment. There's like a room, there's like a warehouse, there's like a back room somewhere where you can find those weapons. Yes, well, Kludrew says, I like that we lost two-thirds of the characters and it gets a sentence. Horror games, everyone. Well, it's, it's, yeah, sorry. It's just that, like, you're with the FBI as they're raiding this refinery, and I don't know. Yeah, I guess we just didn't expect anyone to get out alive. (laughs) 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 Kind of surprised with how Hoover makes out, but... uh... But yeah, so you go through all this stuff and putting the parts together and you do get to the grinder and that's where you see um, one of the Marsh boys, uh, Sebastian Marsh, for the first time. Or is it Robert? It was Jacob, wasn't it? Oh, is it Jacob? Maybe you're right. Maybe it is Jacob Marsh. It's a bunch of Marshes. Anyway, <laughs> you bump into him and he um, he unleashes something. Oh no, he turns on the conveyor belt on you, doesn't he? Oh, well, that's later. Well, there is that moment, though, where he turns the conveyor belt on you. Because he, um, I think he flat-out murders one of the policemen in the conveyor belt, and then he tries to do, do, double do it with you. <laughs> yeah, and either way, you end up just backtracking, running away from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you get back to the main area, and you kind of get to... Uh, you get to this like certain part where you're trying to find your way, and you end up finding... I forget what it is. Is it like the gold areas or whatnot? No, I guess that's not at this part yet. We do find rooms of gold bars in them. Yeah, and it's like this pale yellow gold. Yeah, I guess you do find this stuff here. Um, And one way or the other, you end up cornering Marsh, and he runs away, and doesn't he trigger the Shagoth fight? Well, yeah, he triggers this, yeah, the fight of the slime. Yeah, they, well, the slime monster, as I call it. But. Yeah, which is just a big tentacle monster that's very large. I'd say, what, 20, 30 feet? It reminded me a lot of the, um, yeah, like the Half-Life monster. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. good. That's, that's a good uh, example. He's got some tentacles, got some eyeballs, burns to the touch. He's got some good sweeping attacks. Oh, and you've lost your weapons. Oh, yeah, and no <laughs> weapons, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so you just kind of wander around aimlessly. Um, I'm just realizing that we are going to run out of time pretty quick here. but uh, So we'll have to speed this up, but uh, um, we'll get this done in like 15 minutes. Um, but you have well, to... You basically got to flip levers. In the, yeah. You know, flip levers in the right order. But the Avoid s- the... Yeah. The scale and look of this thing is pretty fantastic. It's daunting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't look at it directly because, you know, Jack loses it, of course. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> go insane, too. Yeah. In <laughs> and there's nothing worse than fighting this thing with blurred vision, moving slow in black and white while everything goes like, kill yourself in the background. <laughs> um, but, uh, but what I love best about this is when you finally get out, you finally get out and Hoover's there and he goes, it's like the end of Never Ending Story. It's like, wait, why'd you get out of the garbage? Get back in there. Like, he's like, hey, wait a minute. We've just wired this whole thing with C4. We're going to level this, or with dynamite. We're going to level this building, but we need you to get back in there and investigate the basement. I know, yeah. So you go into the basement and you find a Cthulhu statue where um, uh, we also learn some stuff about Dagon and and you basically get one of the two jewels. You get the jewel of Dagon, um, which you'll use near the end of the game. So... 
Um, <clears throat> and they blow the place up. <laughs> and then they blow the place up. Yeah, there's this fun explosion and everything. Uh, you do deal with the Shagoth a little bit on your way out. <laughs> oh, yeah. we. I did want to talk about this. The Shagoth sequence. You get a sequence in between your battle with the Shagoth and getting out of there where it just floods the hallways and pipes that you're after. And you die quite frequently. Did you run into this? Where you suddenly yeah. get a run away from it sequence and you got to like, okay, bolt the door, latch it. It, it kind of rem- reminiscence of chapter uh, of the Gilman attack. You're like, okay, get mm. here. Keep moving. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, shit. Like it's, it's a pretty good suspenseful scene, um, I must say. But uh, anyway, and once that's all done, you actually end up teaming up with the army. I know. And assaulting the Esoteric Order of Dagon, which is uh, actually the name of the next area. Um, this is where the fish people start to look interesting. You start to see like the tentacle yeah, not- Cthulhu-like men. Um, Merging into them. <gasps> yeah, it's a bunch of caves outside. There's some cracking ice and everything. Um and there is a scene where you blow out a wall uh, and you realize that explosions in this game aren't fucking around because I died the first time. The explosion, you're supposed oh, yeah, to yeah, barrel yeah, with the hide. starfish. Yeah, yeah you got to hide like out of view. <laughs> Otherwise, you see <laughs> the whole thing filled with fire and you get taken out. But, uh, and it ends up, uh, you end up in Resident Evil Zero. You find an underground mansion. Um, yep. And I think this is where you find, is it Mackie? I think that is Mackie that's in the, in the, uh, um, yeah, he's in jail. In a, sale, in a cell. So you got to sneak into the mansion, get the keys, sneak out. And you're doing a combination of sneaking around and killing people. Uh, you do find a knife, and you find out how fucking powerful knives are in this game. Yeah. <laughs> Two slashes, and down they go. <laughs> um, Animals quite, ammo is quite plentiful, though, I found in this section. Though. It's yes. quite scattered everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can go pretty crazy. Um, then you rescue Mackie, and if he dies, you die, but he's pretty good at protecting himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that crazy kneeling puzzle at the end <laughs> where you have to, yeah. <laughs> and there's like a sequence to it, but it's based off of like sewer grades. We're not going to get into the puzzle. You can look it up, but that took me a good 20 minutes to solve. Um, and then I said, fuck it and looked it up. <laughs> I still don't know how or why you're supposed you, to, you got to basically push the stones in the right order many okay. times. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's stones behind statues. There's a, there's a, uh, Dagon, Dagon statue there's a Hydra and there's a Cthulhu statue but <clears throat> um, and then when you get out you end up on a dangerous voyage you guys are That's... you're on a big boat and you are headed to the island where uh, they have, have chased Marsh Marsh is on the run now uh, this is specifically Sebastian Marsh um, so they're chasing them out and uh, this is where things get a little crazy uh, and very frustrating to me <laughs> but um but uh it's a pretty straightforward level in terms of the it's essentially you know you got you just got fetch quests i'm sorry it's a call of duty level also- it's a call of duty level hey go downstairs and get me some ammo okay good you made it now go downstairs and get, get me, me some health, health yeah <laughs> okay now we're gonna see stuff crash against everywhere and some random fish guys are gonna jump onto the deck kill all them and then oh no the engine doesn't work we didn't want you to help us <laughs> earlier when you talked to us but now we want you to fix the engine and uh fish men attack you but this is where you start to see the true like fishmen like uh yeah. when they're fully evolved and they have this very guttural scream that's that does it's effective <laughs> the, the human ai was pretty good here though i found like they were pretty good at holding their own in that on the ship's deck 
And uh, Regenerator asks if the jewel of Dagon, Dagon is part of the family jewels. Actually, yes, it is. Uh, we'll talk about that. Father Dagon and mother. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You And you do end up back on this deck quite a few times as you fix the ship and wander around. Uh, huge ship. And I think the whole level is to yeah. scale like an actual battleship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, And it's a little frustrating when you get ambushed, but you eventually make your way through it. Uh, and then you get to my favorite boss battle in the game, which is the very daunting. There you go. You, yeah, you get, to, uh, the, you get to the deck again and Dagon attacks. And he looks like the fucking, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, what's, the th- uh, what's the big creature in the water for um, uh, 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 Clash of the Titans? The Kraken. The Kraken. Yeah, he kind of looks like that, only more of a fish person. Um, Mm. And he's huge. He literally rocks the boat in the water. And you have to grab onto the side. He grabs it. He grabs the boat and just shakes it, trying to, like, bury it. Uh, And this is a a fucking, like, World War I battleship we're talking about here, guys. Um, And there's this gargantuan, like, turret. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It's an anti-aircraft gun. That while no matter how much he punches it, uh, doesn't seem to break. That you have to shoot him in the face a bunch of times to survive, and he pops up out of the water based off of where you're standing. So you got to learn to kind of jaws it. You got to walk out to the front deck and then run away. Um, And if he snags you, you got to be careful because your healing, the time it takes you to heal, is just about the same period of time that he won't be hitting you. You know what I mean? Like he sweeps at you, he goes under and then he pops back up and you have like, you have to heal immediately after getting hit if you don't want that to screw you over. So, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, I I really dug that. But once you kill Dagon, you enter kind of the final push of the game, which, uh, which is uh, the, the island called the Devil's Reef. So, yep, that's it. I call it fun with platforming and bullshit traps. A bunch of traps come out and yep. stab. Um, <laughs> <Terminator> traps. <laughs> yeah, and once you're done spending two hours wandering around there, it actually took me a little around an hour of wandering around there. You eventually find the save spot with the maze where you mm-hmm. kind of put together the different puzzle pieces and you put, what was that? The You find like a gold area and like uh, there's only one thing that isn't made of gold and it's that little like kind of trilobite thing. And that's the, yeah, the key to the... Bit. Yeah, and so you stick that in there, and then the weird maze opens up, and uh, you either have to follow the green or the red path. Um, well, maybe it is just the red path. The red, yeah, the red path. Yeah, but God, you have to do it a bunch of times till you figure out what's going on. <laughs> you, have get, you have to get kind of pitch perfect, and you got to put the red jewel in the um, the car, the, the the pedestal before it closes. Yep, and then those fucking starfish. <laughs> oh God, they're, damn they're all over down there. You're just shooting blindly with a shotgun. Um, so yeah, so we made that, that was a two sentence discussion on a chapter, <laughs> yeah. um, which with some awesome flashbacks of the early version of Dagon's, uh, occult and sacrifices. You also find out that these fish people are kind of like the, 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 the fish people that were attacking the deck crossbreeding with humans is what's really going on with Innsmouth. Um, and you find some cave drawings of that, of like pregnant women with the, uh, the hybrid babies and stuff. So it's pretty messed up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that scene is long. It's arduous. It was like two hours long, but we can wrap it up in two sentences really. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And then we get to chapter 11, Final the push. air-filled tunnels. Final push, but man, it's a long one. <laughs> it's a long push. Yeah, it's a long one. So, um, but you, at first you're sneaking around and you, now you get to see um, Sebastian Marsh talking about, um, uh, everybody's talking about how they're all praying to the mother to cause the <clears throat> ritual to complete. And Sebastian's like, no, we need to worry about the lab and and my creatures and stuff like that. Do you remember that? And uh, yeah. And then uh, they knock out. Uh, the, you get caught and knocked out. <laughs> yep. Again. <laughs> and what happens after that, Jam? <laughs> well, you end up in jail again with no weapons. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Although this this way to escape was very difficult for me. I had to try several times before I was able to. To get this is another that. area where bugs were a problem too, because oh, okay. for some people this won't trigger properly. Um, yeah, you're supposed to pick up the kind of like the little chisel. Where you're supposed to go down into the a little mini sewer bit and then come up in a different prisoner's cell. But for some people, what's supposed to happen is the guard is supposed to check on the prisoner so that you can kind of sneak out essentially. Right, but when he but checks people, on the prisoner, he was killing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um but you eventually make your way out and then oh and you find a you uh you find a a, a knife, but I guess not quite yet. No, no, you don't find any weapons for a bit actually. You're yeah, you're sneaking for quite a while. you're sneaking around um for quite a while and kind of wandering through catacombs and stuff and this is a full-fledged like underground altar to Yeah. I don't know, Cthulhu perhaps, or just the gods of the Dogen, uh, Hydra, um, Cthulhu, Triumvirate. Um, and you do end up in this little area where you're kind of up above um, a meeting room and uh, and you see Sebastian Marsh and Robert Marsh, who is now the uh, leader of uh, the Order of, uh, of Dogen. And they're talking and uh, Sebastian's like, why aren't you worried about my lab? you've got all these people praying for some unknown reason. And he's like, no, the ritual to the mother is what's most important, you know? And then he kills his brother or his cool. son or whatever it was. <laughs> he kills Sebastian. I forget in, how they're in, related. In fish language. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> rah, 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 and then. <laughs> um, and you have to kill him with a knife. Well, and then you fall <laughs> from the ceiling, which is the I best know, part. Yeah. And then I run around like a chicken with my head cut off, die, have to redo that whole sequence again. And then you find out, yeah, there's a knife on the, uh, on the desk and you just slash him twice and you're good to go. <laughs> oh, but if you don't do it quick, if you don't do it, if you don't do it right, he will grab you and like throw you around the room. With oh yeah. He'll Jedi mind <laughs> trick your ass. Yeah. He does some fun <laughs> stuff. Um, and so once you kill him, then you're just kind of wandering around, um, stealth killing people with knives for the most part. Um, well, you can I, get your rifle back if um, if you go out the room. There's a, there's a way to get that back quite quickly. Oh yeah, you do have the rifle, and there are some cool areas where there's like a wall with just a little crack that you can get your rifle through and take out guys. Yeah. Um, so there's some ways to do that, and you're doing some major fighting. You do find the laboratory where um, you get yep. the final piece of information you're looking for. There just happens to be a mutant human fish hybrid that, uh, yeah that uh that sebastian was working on he goes kill me and you're like well but first i gotta find the the queen mother and he goes oh well have you tried the catacombs down the old way <laughs> there's these catacombs <laughs> right. in the basement they'll totally get you there and you're like oh, okay cool he goes all right i hooked you up bro can you kill me now and you're like sure and i stabbed him and i couldn't find the hitbox so i ended up stabbing him in the crotch and he died and i was like what a way to go <laughs> oh man i felt so bad also we should point out if you kill him you, you jack loses it you do you go insane a little bit yeah it's it's pretty good um 
but it doesn't help with your sanity. It's the humane thing to do. Um, but then what what transpires after that is you going into the old catacombs and trying to find the alien electric gun that is referenced in some of the journals you're finding. <laughs> yeah, it's the Half-Life ending. Uh, <laughs> but, Best uh, gun in the game. But you do have to fight a lot of these polyp creatures, these really strong oh versions. And there's even like even bigger ones with lots of hit points, like a whole Tommy gun uh you know barrel barely takes them out well, you're supposed to use the electric gun thing by this point i think <laughs> well no this is i'm talking before you find the gun i'm talking the the little oh, ambushes yeah. that you find in like those open areas you get to a couple yeah, open yeah, areas yeah. with ambushes and then you eventually end up uh finding like the little spring which transports you over to where the gun is a uh, little pond um and then you fight a big fucking thing with bug eyes what is that I, I, there's, a, there's a few of them isn't there <laughs> yeah i guess there are a couple of them they're they're just all in that room maybe those are the polyps i don't know that's what i thought, I thought those were the polyps yeah. yeah okay that's them those are very annoying um, you have to like you have to take them out of a full charge of the electric gun um and then yeah again you, you can't look at them directly <laughs> don't look at them you'll freak out and Ooh. you can die uh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and if you die you have to redo the entire sequence again like like i think you save right before getting the electric gun but if you don't then you have to go even further back and i did a couple of times uh this is my final push earlier today um and then you get into the queen mother area with um the hydra um mm-hmm. and she's big and she's chunky and she's weird and kind of scary and uh and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, um, but, uh, and then what kind of bugged me was the way this boss battle goes down because you are really just doing a trick. So jam, you want to explain what the trick is? <laughs> so, yeah, because, uh, Jack can't be distracted while he's, um, taking over bodies. He's got to deafen himself by doing a full charge of the electric gun into a massive gong which is below the mother um and um so so basically he's deaf and you got to kind of sit in the little pool where the which is in front of the mother so you can take control of one of the monsters so you can jump up onto these altars and basically hit some switches i think got it four times (laughs) yeah yeah and you got to take out all the uh, creatures in between and of course no save point creatures no save points you got to redo this over and over again um if you die Uh, i had to do it twice so um and it took me forever to figure out with the queen mother so i was finally just like with with hydra so i was finally like fuck it what am i supposed to do here um and then with that you take her out she dies you grab the uh the the jewel and the amulet amulet, and you go say the words into the portal and bam you wake up and you're in the asylum (laughs) (laughs) um so do you want to tell the ending do you want me to i watched the extended ending actually at the beginning of this show and couldn't really tell much of a difference um uh you you tell the ending because i think you might explain it better than i would but um, okay yeah, the, the the basic extended part is the, I think he references a bit more to him being the being his father, basically. Okay. Well, so basically mm. you end up in a weird dream sequence where you are talking to the Order of the Yith or whatever, and they kind of explain to you that their civilization is dying, but it's like six million years in the past, but they're able to transcend time to like pass on their concepts and whatnot and that you've been selected to be like their conduit to the modern day 
and they talk about kind of like the Great War where Cthulhu's in the south and they're, you know, I think in the west. And so it kind of hints at what could have been a greater franchise. <laughs> and they're very peaceful so they impart with you all this stuff and they're like that's why you were insane it was one of us and this and that and now you're destined for better things but we're going to return you to your world and when you come back you wake up in the asylum you see flashes of the little girl who died i forgot her name now um <clears throat> uh, ramona ramona who died in in uh Innsmouth when you first got there and a lot of people are saying that's you being guilty about her and you end up writing a suicide note and hanging yourself um, just to point out that Ramona, when she does appear, she's got the horrible gore flash, slash marks on her face. Yeah, and her eyes are kind yeah. of, uh, yeah, kind of uh, slashed out and stuff like that. Yeah, she looks very dark and, and creepy. Um, but with that, you're kind of told how well you did, and that's the end of Call of Cthulhu. Mm. So. And how you get the extended ending is to get 100%. So you collect everything, everyone lives, and all that fun stuff. So pretty much yeah yeah uh but uh um oh sorry about that nope this is you <laughs> so yeah so that's it for call of cthulhu i'm glad for those that recommended it to us i hope you guys aren't too mad that we might not have paid enough homage to certain parts of it but uh, definitely a cool game uh jam anything you want to say uh about this game before we uh Final thoughts, anything on the ending before well, we move into... Yeah, final thoughts, okay. I think, because this is sort of horror month we're doing at the moment. If you are a fan of horror and if you like... Yeah, I, I'd probably quite easily say if you're a fan, if you're if you like the design of stuff like Silent Hill and you like um, something that is different that kind of preys on the mental health and the kind of crazy, you'll love this game. <laughs> Definitely give it a go. Yeah, and even though it gets frustrating, just don't be in a hurry to finish it. I almost yeah, think this would have been better if yeah. we didn't have a game club. But then again, two weeks is a decent period of time to get through this game. It's just there's a lot of modern games coming out that kept trying to take my attention. But had that not been the case, yeah, this would have worked out just fine. So... With that, let's really quickly jump into the game club stuff because we got to wrap up because my co-hosts on the other show are going to be pretty pissed. But um, <laughs> what is our next game club that you should start today? So the next game club is Castlevania Free Dracula's Curse. Yes. What's the Japanese one called? Akumajo Densetsu or Thank Devil's you, yep. Castle Dracula. And I will be playing both versions. So I'll try and play both as well. I'm going to try to get the... some footage of both as well. I found a fan translation of Akumajo Densetsu. So... Uh, I'm hoping to play that version so that people can read what it says. <laughs> so, um, but they, they are slightly different games. So that's, that's why. Um, but uh, also we are voting this week on the November game club. So um, that will be um, the game club that we start um, after we do our game club on the 25th. And it will be the one we discuss on November the 8th, which is the second uh, Tuesday in November um it'll go live on the ninth so those three games are second sight as recommended by austin which is on the gamecube and ps2 um faraway compliment guy uh which is at now we are nowhere on twitter recently found us and became quite smitten with our game clubs he recommended the snes game evo search for eden super rare game we'll be emulating that one for sure um what's that it's on super nintendo snes Evo oh, Search yeah, for yeah. Eden. It's, it sells for like 300 bucks. It's a super rare card. Uh, and the last yeah, one yeah, is um, Elminton1701 <laughs> on Twitter. 
said Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. And I don't think he oh, listens oh, regularly. I think he just pushed for that one. So he doesn't know our history with it. So those are the three you're voting on. Where do you vote, shall you say? It'll be on the main site, GamingHistory101.com, tomorrow morning. Um, it will also be on Twitter. Um, on our, our main thing. Uh, I'll put the vote up there and also on Facebook. I do ask that you please only vote once. So please don't stack the deck. So with that, and then last but not least, remember I do do retro game night every Friday night now, live stream. So coming up this week, my goal is to do Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines for a little yeah. bit. So we'll be playing around with that. Another notoriously broken PC game. So... <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, speaking of notoriously broken PC games. Yeah. So anyway, with that, we're going to call it to a close. Thank you, chatters. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, B team, yeah. for not Thank killing you. me. And uh, we will talk to everyone later. So with that, it's Fred Rojas saying peace out.